as Walter makes a run ahead of it. Burkamp suddenly changed pace through the centre. It's Burkamp! That's magnificent! The move, and then this, which left Dabby's ass totally stranded. Hello, and welcome to the Camp Wonderland. We are an Arsenal podcast, and uh, hang on. Sorry? Ah, okay. Uh, checkmate. My name is Chris, I'm your host, um, and we'll come back to VAR a little bit later on. Uh, I clearly wasn't paying attention, much like all of PGMOL these days. But I have paid enough attention to know that Danny is here. And I'm going to say hello to him. Danny, it is just me and you at the moment, but we are awaiting a third. But I think he's on the picket line, is that right, somewhere? He is protesting about two two or three things all at the same time. Um, and so he's, uh, he's going to be late, but he's going to be here. But much like his trains, yes. it won't be on time. <laughs> no. Should stress, by the way, just for the record and for the listeners in the chat, good evening to you all. I was on time. All right. I was. Danny can confirm that. In fact, first. I was in the waiting room for about 10 minutes before you even yeah. let me in. So, you know, I was on time. Anyway, Carl will be with us shortly. So uh, we will announce him when he arrives, of course. Anyway. Before he arrives, Danny, let's um, let's get the Arsenal chat out of the way because no one gives a shit about that. We want to talk about loads of other stuff. So. Mm. <laughs> no, in all, in all seriousness, we've got a few things to cover tonight, but uh, some will be Arsenal, some will be general football chatter. But we'll start with Arsenal because why not? I'm 99% sure you were probably asleep, Danny, but uh, we did beat oh. almost by four goals. I wake up for the games and go back to sleep after and woke up at eight o'clock at night. Well, fair play to you then. Fair play to yeah, you. I um, I didn't see it live because you know me in streams. I, I don't do streams, no. but I did. I did listen to the game, and I obviously caught up on the game afterwards. First thoughts, then um, is 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 Mikel Arteta the the world's greatest sleuth in terms of uh, forty four players that were unavailable all mysteriously made the starting lineup? Is Very that just uh, gamesmanship? It was, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. So he's, he's going to cry wolf one time too many and uh, people are not going to fall for it. So that tactic only lasts for a certain length of time with the old, oh, they're, they're all dead. What? I don't want to play it. They're all dead. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and they go, oh, no, that's, that's terrible. But, yeah, it's uh, it's good. It's a surprise, especially when then they tried to their very best to make sure that Saka didn't make the next game by just spending the entire game kicking him and getting away with it, which is lovely. Yeah, well, that's one of the things that I'll come on to uh, in a bit, actually, because he's one of the talking points. But um, overall, a 4-0 win, comfortable. How much of that would you say, based on what you saw, was down to us being very good and Bournemouth being utter shite? Because they, they were really bad. I thought it was going to be a game that we might not struggle in, but I, you know, I, I probably would have taken a 1-0 if you'd offered it to me before the game. But they... Um, they were very generous in their tackling in the penalty area in particular, but they weren't very good. But at the same time, I feel like we deserve a bit of credit. What, what did you make of it? 
Yeah, it's, I mean, I was moaning as usual about Eddie not being good enough, but I thought a couple of two twice this season he's got his penalties, and if he's going to carry on doing that, what's he got? Two penalties in the first seven games or six games of the season. That's not too bad. I mean, we can expect him to, at that rate, pick us up about 10, 10 penalties a season. And that's <laughs> going to help us win the odd game because uh, there was a time when Arsenal did get penalties. But especially away from home, we used to get a few uh, at the uh, Hybrid in the Emirates. But it's nice to see that, that he has got some kind of uh, ability because God knows his threat in front of the goal isn't really much of, a, of an ability. Um, but the, uh, the I enjoyed the game. At times, it looked like... People were going to get hurt. Uh, I didn't really. There's that bloke. There's two I don't like who play for Bournemouth, Billing and Solanke. They both look like they want to go out there and hurt you. It was <laughs> odd seeing Patrick Cliver out there, um, his son out there, because he's, his dad was pretty decent and his son, not so much. Uh, Max Aaron, I liked him while he was at Norwich. I didn't even know that he'd left Norwich. So, mm-hmm. And I wanted him to sign for the Arsenal. And now I'm glad that he did sign for the Arsenal because he's not very good. In fact, looking here, he got the lowest rating out of every player who played. Well, you know, when you're coming up against Saka and Erdegaard on the left-hand side of the Arsenal attack, you really are going to struggle. And is that Neto in goal? Is that the one that used to be at Wolves? Uh, Barcelona. Former Barcelona keeper. Well. Dear, oh dear. Explain mm. that one to your children. because that's and, and Fiorentina, I think he played for. But yeah, he's... Um, Money. I think he's Money. a Brazilian international, I think. Money. Well, he's, Money. He's, Money. he's Brazilian. He's, he's, not, yeah. he's not bad, but yeah, it's, he didn't have his best day, I think it's fair to say. Although when you've got that defence in front of you, I mean, you know, mm. what do you say? Um, I do want to give a, a quick shout to Phil, actually, in the chat, who's watching us on a 60-inch TV tonight. Uh, I mean, all, I can, all I can say, Phil, is um, you can't unsee this. You can't, you have to bleach your eyes to unsee the size of us on that screen. Uh, but yeah, good good evening to you all uh, on the chat. Uh, Emerson, I've actually got a 65-inch Panasonic behind the sofa there. I was wondering that's what you were going to say then. I have a 65-inch. That's my brother's. Inch. I don't uh, want it. It's haunt- it'll be haunted. And so Charles going to have it. I was going to say, if you don't want it, I can find a home for it. Although, actually, I gave away two TVs when I moved house. So I don't uh, need another one. Well, I've got, uh, I haven't got any in the house if the BBC are watching. I've got none. I don't, I'm not even using monitors. I've got no idea what's going on. I haven't paid a TV licence for 20 years now. 30 years. Oh, no, I've never guess. had one. I, I, I refuse to do so. I'm with you. Yeah. Ever since uh, James Whale said don't pay a TV licence, I've never paid one since. Bless him. He's, feel... on his, he's on his last Christmas, isn't he? Is he really? Oh, yeah. Cancer's come back. He's fucked. Oh, that's a fucking cunt, that. That, that yeah. whole, that's just, ah, God's sake. No, no. I didn't know that. That's sad. Literally. That's very sad. Anyway. Because the, the game could have gone a lot worse, couldn't it? Because Bournemouth have got, they've got, they've got, stuff, they've got something about them. And Arsenal of old could have gone there and had a bit of a wobble. But to go there and smash them 4-0 when we could have... I mean, shots on goal, we had 15 shots. And how many were on target? Uh, eight were on target. So we could have won that game 8-0. Yeah. So I'm very happy with it. It helps with our Did... goal difference. Nice for um, them to give uh, the penalty to Havertz. What do you think to that? I Well, I, I was... Yeah, I'm going to come on to that. But we can we can deal with that now, if you like. I thought it was, I thought it was a really nice touch and they're getting grief um, for it aren't they in the press well yeah but, but <laughs> i mean you know arsenal get grief in the press like in other news water is wet like people just hate people just hate happiness don't they look i 
if it had been one nil or even two nil, I'd have said, yeah, I'm don't know about that. But when you look at it and you say, do you know what? We were three, we were three nil up. No, we were two nil up, weren't we? Yeah, we were two nil up. Yeah, it was it was for three nil, wasn't it? Sorry. Ignore everything I just said then. If we'd have been one nil up at two nil up, yeah, risky. But I it was one of those games where you just sort of felt like we were in control. Um and it's not like we gave it's not like make a wish, you know, no offense. We didn't pluck some some special needs kid out of the out of the out of the crowd and say, Go on, lad, have a penalty. Like we've given this to a full German international who you know is struggling to settle and, and is one thing I thought we really saw, especially from the end of the game and his song, which is quite catchy and Has interaction with the crowd and everything. Yeah, oh, you must have seen that by now. It's the Shakira song. Anyway, I'm oh. sure Carl will sing it for you in a bit. Oh, good. Um, but yeah, to the to the tune of Wacka Wacka. Look it up. It's all over. It's all over the internet. But um, he he comes across as quite a shy, quite a shy lad and quite a re- quite a reserved lad. And I just think. I just think it was a nice gesture. I think it's good captaincy from Erdegaard. It's good leadership. And the fact it went in mean you know, that could that could turn his whole and I know a lot of people saying, Oh, it's only one goal, it's only a penalty, blah blah blah. Yeah, but it's the confidence it gives. And it's that that was the first time we really heard the hardcore Arsenal support really get behind him. Because I know there's been this thing of like, mm, you know, do do certain people like him, do they not? And truthfully, a lot of that has just been social media BS as usual. You know, the people that go to the, the grounds every week, yeah, sure, there's been some murmurings. Of course there has, because because we all, as Arsenal fans, we all want players to settle quickly. And when they don't, we sort of go, oh, Christ, you probably were still going back in the day when we first signed Dennis and Thierry. Yep. You know, I, I can I can remember the atmosphere at Highbury when before Dennis got those first two goals against Southampton. So many of us, we, we paid, for memory, I think we paid 7.5 million from Inter yep. to sign Dennis. And um, what we what we'd have to pay for a player like that nowadays, and I All still remember, money. yeah, and I remember people in the clock end going, "He's not fucking worth it. He's a waste of money." Flopped in Italy, blah blah, and then he rattled those two goals in against Southampton. I think we won five two that day, and he never looked back. And it was the same with Henri. I think Henri's first was against. I think Henri's first was against Southampton as well, wasn't it? That I don't know, but I will pretend I know and say yes, it definitely was. Please, do me a favor, look that up for me because I'm pretty okay. sure. That he cut in from the left-hand side, cut across the box, and fired it into the right-hand corner. We were wearing the yellow Sega kit, if I'm not mistaken, the yellow kit with the blue Sega on. Um, if I'm wrong, then I've just wasted everyone's time there. But I'm 99% sure his first goal was against Southampton at the Dell. So I'll let you look that up. But okay. my point stands. Kai needed little bit of confidence, something to turn his frown upside down, that little bit of appreciation. The crowd got behind him. And I said it when we signed him, and I'll keep saying it, there is a player there. We just He just needs to feel loved again. And, you know, anyone who's spent a year at Chelsea or more, you know, Christ, they need counselling, not love. Like, imagine coming from there. So, yeah, I, I, I was really, really pleased for him. Um, and I thought it was a really, really nice gesture. Have you uh, have you looked at that stat up yet? Uh, on, it doesn't say on Wikipedia. It doesn't say his first goal. So I'm just going to I'm going to go and ask Yahoo and then uh, see what it says. First goal, and then see if you are indeed right. Um, it's a hell of a memory if I am right, but I, I'm sure I'm sure it was that was his first goal. I'm almost positive. I can see the goal now. His first goal for Arsenal. 
play the video. Um, oh, it's a shame. Uh, you can't. It looks like, yeah, we're getting Southampton the 18th of September 99. Who's that? A uh, through ball from Adams. He gets it on the edge of the box and he falls back. And as he's falling back, he puts it into the top corner. Thank you. Is there a Google image of it that we could put on the screen for the listeners? Because I want to prove my my ball knowledge of kits. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Isn't that weird that those two first first goals for the clubs were against Southampton? What a small world. <clears throat> I think I think Phil's just put in the chat that Wrighty's first league goal was at the Dell as well. So three Arsenal legends getting their first goals at the Dell. But, um, yeah, if you can find a picture of that, we will stick mm. that on the screen. Um, just while you're looking that up or just while you're you're digging around the the uh, the troughs of Google for that, <laughs> let, let me ask you about the some of the other things about the game. What David Raya came back in. don't really want to make too much of the goalkeeping situation, but that back four-plus goalkeeper is all of a sudden looking very settled isn't it Saliba it and Gabriel is. have been monstrous as a partnership they they are just made for each other Ben White scores scores on the day Zinchenko is fit for now and Raya is just a, a commanding presence in goal is that the basis of what we you know what we need to build off of this season is that in the absence of Timber are you quite happy to see that as the back four once again I think that is that is that is our best back four um, uh, Zinchenko I do get a little bit worried at times he's still doing far too many stray balls that end up going to the, the opponents uh, but then he'll do one the entire length of the field and you go well he's got it in him so maybe he's just <laughs> trying to be a little bit too <clears throat> a little bit too risky and trying stuff that maybe he shouldn't from that position but it is it also I did notice before I forget that when Tommy Ashu came on for Zinchenko at the end, towards the end of the game he came on on the uh, 69th minute Tommy Ashu was playing the inverted winger, um, full, wing back, fullback, wasn't mm-hmm. he? Uh, I know we tried that with Tierney and it, uh, RIP his career, um, with Tierney and, and it didn't really work. But I think Tommy Ashu had that, it had that working. I mean, against Bournemouth, it's not really a good test when, when you, you smashed them four and then they're four nil down, they've kind of given up, or three nil down, they've kind of given up. But that back four. Is 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 wonderful and Raya. I don't really mind who's in goal, whether it's Raya or whether it's um, Ramsdale. It is the the Saliba Gabriel partnership at the back, which is the is the most important partnership um, out of that defensive unit. And we've got three clean sheets out of the last four games, so that does show that things mm. are working. I just every time I see them playing, I'm going, please nobody get injured. Yeah, I know. There you go. There's that picture. I literally just found. Here's the here's the funniest part. So you just found that picture, and, and I just found, I just found this picture here of very similar. Yeah, there you go. That's ball knowledge, boys and That's girls. He's falling backwards. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that is ball knowledge. I, I you know, anyone asked me balls. what I did. Anyone asked me what I did at work today, I couldn't fucking tell you. But ask no. me what goal Henri scored in nineteen ninety nine. I'm all over it. But yeah, I think as um, Steph's put in the chat there, that Saliba and Gabriella Beast. Saliba is. Saliba is one of those players that he just plays in like a recliner chair, doesn't he? He's just so like, you know, you you know that that meme of when the the glasses fall and then the the uh, the cigar comes out and the uh, the Snoop Dogg song comes on. Like he just plays like that. He's just completely in his element. And I think Gabrielle, they're they're that classic partnership. They they make each other. They they just fit each other perfectly. They're obviously very close off the pitch as well. 
But I think I'm right in saying we haven't conceded a goal away from home yet this season, have we, in any game? Pretty uh, sure well, that's we right. we played uh, 10 games. We have, if, if, as long as you don't include the charity shield, which we uh, it ended 1-1. So mm. ignore that one. Away Neutral from home, venue, anyway. Uh, we beat Palace 1-0. We beat Everton 1-0. We beat Brentford 1-0. And we beat Bournemouth 4-0. There you go. We shipped about 17 goals at home, but we'll we'll overlook them <laughs> at this point. Yeah. But um, yeah, that defense is is solid. Shall we shall we discuss the Saka situation? I'm gonna call it because so he got the opening goal. I think even you could have scored that to be honest. It was wow. good work from Jesus and it fell to him about a yard out. He was there were suggestions that he was carrying a knock that he may not make the game. Um it proven to be false false uh, or fake false news. information fake news that's what i was thinking but he did he did play the game i guess my question to you is that there's been quite a lot some of the the major bloggers and youtubers have been discussing this today and saying you know he's have he's they? actually more yeah saying he's more robust than he is and then you've got the other people the other side of the fence saying well he might be robust but why does Mikel insist on him playing literally every minute of every single game and I think I sit somewhere in between. I think I love the fact that he can take a kicking. Uh, it's probably, it reminds me a bit of when Jack Grealish came through at Villa and he used to get the same. The difference is Saka's quite likeable and Grealish is a bit of a bell end. But um, I like that in him. I like his robustness. I like the fact that he's played these consecutive games, 94, is it now? I'm counting, something like that. What I don't like, though, is that sometimes and maybe this is the old-fashioned me coming out here sometimes you have to take the decision away from the player as a manager as a coach as a um as a medical uh, officer if you will and my my concern is that yes Saka is our best player yes he's clearly made a strong stuff yes he just wants to do his best for the club and wants to play every minute he can and I love that but here comes the but. It it has we have to start taking decisions away from players to a degree, don't we? We have to start managing the load through their bodies because if he does break down and he does get an injury, the likelihood is it's going to be an injury that puts him on the shelf for quite a while. That's yeah. my concern. Where do you sit on it? Because there isn't really any cover for him, is there? If you consider Nelson as a left winger. Um. Not really, no. Uh, I would, wouldn't be surprised if Trossard can play out in, in on that side. Martinelli can probably play out on that side, but both of those are currently out. But it's like when a player has a smash to the head. They'll, I'm fine, I'll carry on playing. And as we know, famously, that World Cup, was it the World Cup final? The player doesn't yeah. remember playing in the World Cup final. Was it a Spanish player? Oh, no, German. Christoph Kramer, I believe. Ah, yeah. there you go. Yeah, and he doesn't remember because he got a concussion and he does not remember winning the World Cup or playing in the game. So mm. by saying to Saka, are you okay to play? Of course they're going to say yes. They're going to want to play every single minute of every single game because he loves being out there. But so many times now, the, the, the culmination of kicks and fouls and all these other things that are going on with him, and he's just getting absolutely just so Jack Wilshere. It's the mm. only way you can stop players like Grealish and Wilshere. It's skillful young, wonderful, wonderfully talented players are getting the shit kicked out of them because they don't get the protection. I mean, look at the protection that Messi would get when he was playing in, in uh, La Liga. And he wasn't even playing for Spain. You look at the protection that Harry Kane got because he's England mm. captain. 
And they need to look at this and go, even if it is a little bit of favouritism, go, Saka is the future, along with Jude Bellingham, of, of England. We need to make sure that he is looked after because we all know the FA only give a fuck about money. And mm. the way they're going to make more money is to have these players stay fit and play and win tournaments and do great and get rid of Southgate. And that, that if you're going to have him kicked all the time, I mean, two or three times during the game, he was hobbling. But then he, mm. he, he ran it off and he was okay again. But I don't know why when you're... Didn't take him off at all, did he? No. Well, I think I, I think he may have hobbled off towards the very end, I um, think. Just looking... Nope. I don't know if he actually got subbed. I think oh, yes, he did. 76th minute. Yeah. I was going to have a look at um, Saka so far this season. Um, he played 76 Bournemouth, 90 against Spurs. Well, that's understandable. 69 against PSV. Again, he could have come off early. Everton, 90. Well, it was 1-0. And then he played 19 minutes for England. Finally got a rest there. Um, Ukraine, 86. And then Man United, Fulham and Forest, 90 minutes. And Palace, 89 minutes. Yeah. That is... For someone, what is he? He's only 22, is he? Yeah, 22 years well, old. Th- th- this That was the other thing I was going to mention because yeah. he, he was back in training today, which suggests that he'll be fit for, for Longs, which we'll come on to later on tomorrow, which is obviously a good thing. And it, it, I say, it's, it's not criticism of, of him. It, I think it, it's brilliant that he wants to represent us and he wants to make a difference. And, you know, I, I feel like he's almost been on a one-man crusade ever since that during lockdown and he tweeted that picture of him after we'd lost to God knows who it was at home. And he's like, you know, you, you guys deserve better. And I'll never forget that tweet. And it's felt like he's had this club on his shoulders ever since then. And he can hold the burden of that. But my, my concern is, as you said there, he's 22. And I still want Saka to be at the top of his game at 26. And I think if you'd have asked Michael Owen at 21, at 19, at whatever he was age when he came through at Liverpool you know, how his career would have gone. I think you'd have said the same. And this is why I know some people have used the analogy and said, well, you know, Messi and Ronaldo were the best players in the world in their generation. They played every week, you know, regardless. Different types of players in different types of leagues. I mean, that Barcelona side was built for Messi. They, you know, they protected him in their own unique ways. Ronaldo is a, a freakish athlete. And again, didn't really, you know, if he, if anyone went near him, he would just fling himself to the floor anyway. He didn't really take, I don't think, that many direct fouls that you would call like proper fouls. He played in leagues as well that weren't always the most physical. So I that's the bit I worry about with Saka. It, it's, I'm not saying we just drop him four weeks out of six or anything stupid like that. But I just look at some games and I think, does he need to play the full 90? You know, does he, like, for example, so tomorrow, Lon's away, do, do you do you play him in that one? We know he's going to, but would you look at that ahead of Man City on Sunday and say, mm, we could just pop you on the bench for that one? Well, he probably is going to play him because he wants to make sure that the games are going to get won. But mm. do we need to play him? Uh, I don't want to be mean about French clubs because we don't do that on this podcast, but I would imagine that there is absolutely no need for him to play tomorrow night. Is there a need for him to play? I mean, yes and no. There is because if we if we go to Lons and win, which we should, because they're in a bit of a sticky wicket, which we might touch on later on, but the, 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 the issue is, I say, you know what he's going to get on Sunday. He's going to get kicked up in the air. And even with Rodri not playing, you know that 
that Fraudiola is going to make sure that the the you know the, the rotational fouling is going to be on Saka because he knows that his that his false 115 charges side can't cope with Saka at his best. So we know what he's going to do, and we know what's going to happen to him on Sunday. So I just think with that in mind, there is that argument that you could bring him from the bench tomorrow. What kind of kills it a bit is we've had these other injuries, haven't we? And it's like, well, if you rest him, are you going to play, you know, Trossard, who's just come back from injury, Martinelli's not back yet. You're not probably going to start Reese Nelson. The quote in the chat that Rudy's just put up there is, Mikhail said to him, he's fine, he's much better. He took a knock, but he's recovered well and trained with us today. Well, of course he's going yeah, to recover course, because he's young. He exactly. Of course he has. And it's in like five I say, or six years' time when he's had this every single game, and by yeah. the time we play 400 games, consecutive games, then we're going to be hmm. going, well, maybe maybe that won't be Arteta's problem back by then. Well, I mean, and that's the other argument. And I suppose I suppose the other, you know, and again, we've got to have the, the, the sort of benefit of a, you know, a debate here. We can see both sides. The other side of it, I guess some people would say, well, he's at his peak form. Play him till his legs fall off. As long as we win the title, you know, who's going to care in three years' time? And I sort of get that argument as well. And I'm a bit of a hypocrite because I, I'm also sick and tired of people in the media, um, various outlets saying, "Oh, you know, where's too much football?" I hold my hands up here, hold my hands up completely. But I saw a lot of the coverage of the women's football last week saying, "You know, it's unacceptable how these women are having to play WSL matches when there was a World Cup in the summer and blah blah blah." I'm going to upset a lot of people here, but I'm just going to say it. You wanted equality. You wanted to play. You wanted the spotlight of the men's game. Suck it up, Buttercup. You know, and it and it's. But that's. And I'm not just saying that because the women's game it, it expands across both sides. But this idea that there's too much football. The the only reason there's too much football is because clubs are being forced to part with their best players for internationals. They're being forced to, to participate in these ridiculous training camps in the summer where they jet off here, there and everywhere. And that money, ultimately money, comes, money. Yeah, comes down to the clubs and the money. So it, 38 games, you know, plus Champions League. I don't really think FA Cup and League Cup counts really because how serious do big clubs take those two anymore? I mean, Well, really? Man United try to. Well, yeah, but I mean, not they're not a big club, club anymore, so it's not really <laughs> relevant, is it? But, but you know what I mean? I, I, I'm I, just not really sure about this. We're playing too much football. If they if they include training in that, maybe I can see the argument, but I don't know. I, I just, yeah, I think it's I think it's a bit of an odd one, the, the, the Saka situation. Um, anything but it else isn't going to end well, is it? It is going to end up with someone spending a whole lot of time out or it's going to yeah. slowly going to get you out for a month next time you're out for two months to next time after that longer and longer and longer and they're going to look back and go how did we not learn our i'll say we how did the, the club not learn their lesson from yeah. dealing with jack wilshire because well, it, it is it, the same bloody thing it took jack wilshire santi cazola um, yeah who else diaby i mean diaby wasn't anyone's fault in fairness but yeah, Rosicki. I mean, yeah, it is a it is a spiral, a spiral downwards, um, and we we've got to learn our lesson because we we got Saliba injured last year. So yeah, you know, and meaning, that was, what was it a meaningless um, European game that we played him in? Uh, maybe meaningless would be a stretch, but he probably didn't need to play that game given that we were in a title running. So you know, <laughs> yeah. Mm. 
but like I say, you know, it's it's balanced argument. You can see both sides of the the coin. Um, there is two sides to that story. But the important thing was that we came out of it with a win. The only other thing I want to touch on actually about the game, because it sounds silly to say there wasn't too much to talk about, but it was such a straightforward win with the four goals. There wasn't a huge amount to, to go through other than the Havertz situation and whatnot. Um, but I wanted to tip the hat to the to the uh, the, the away fans. I know that it's amplified because Bournemouth, I think they've only got is it like 11,000 or something stupid. There was, there's not tiny. many. And they were no. very quiet. They, they, well, I mean, they lost 4-0, <laughs> what'd you expect? But no. but our fans were were fantastic, weren't they? I I don't think our away fans get anywhere near enough credit in this league for being such good fans. What do you make of that? Because that's what I liked about that Havertz chant. It was clearly from that hardcore that had travelled from London the people that go clearly to a lot of away games is a uh, you know a large following there. I really liked that atmosphere that they created. Do you, do you think we get enough credit? Um, I was just reading the comments. Do we get enough credit for what? Just the, the atmosphere that our away fans bring because there's a lot. Um, of fans I think that people like to laugh at it because we've we've got that. Ah, oh, look at you, you all young men all jumping up and down and thinking they're they're playing in nineteen nineteen nineties uh, Serie A with you jumping up and down and your your bongo music and you're shouting and you're screaming and look, oh they're all doing it together and you're trying to organise stuff. Well, that's what most leagues, big teams in most leagues of the world do. They, they have someone who with a microphone and they have drum beats and they have all these other things that are going on. It's called an atmosphere. And we have had so many years of it being called the Highbury Library, which it never was. Hmm. You people obviously never been there because when we were singing, we're the East End, we're the North Bank, blah, blah, round and round. The amount of songs that we've got, superb yeah. songs that we've had over the years, so clever. And it's these people are just looking at it and going, Early days of the Emirate, and I'm, not the early days. How long we've we been there now? Best part of twenty years. 20 the middle years of that, now. yeah, the yeah. middle of those twenty years. It started the prawn sandwich brigade started to infect all the other people around them, and things started to get a little bit quiet. But every week, Carl and Femi, especially Femi, comes on here and says, "That's the best atmosphere I've ever heard there." Oh, next week, oh, that's the best atmosphere, and mm. that's because these these young people who are also been screwed over by the club when it comes to getting tickets. I mean. Gav will tell you all about that. I mean, everyone's being screwed over by the club when it comes to tickets. But mm. it's it's nice to see that the people are doing it and it makes a hell of a difference. And our away fans have been legendary for years. Even even when even in the, the dark um uh Unai Emery days, they were still loud and proud about it. Oh, I mean that's the wrong saying for the wrong group of people. Either way, they <laughs> were shouting and screaming and, and, and having fun. And that's what you do at football. You go there, you have fun, you shout, you scream. And they do it, and I'm very happy with them. And more power to their their fiddler's elbow. I don't yeah. think that's a saying. And and of course, it does help when you're winning, doesn't it? I mean, oh, you, know, no, you, that wouldn't, does. you wouldn't <laughs> expect Man United fans to be particularly uh, no. raucous at the moment, would you? For example, they're too busy but, with their Norwich like, scarves, aren't they? Yes, yes, indeed. Green and gold till I die. I, it made me chuckle. We, we we will talk about the shenanigans at uh, at the. Um, the Armitage Shanks Arena in a minute, but <laughs> it did make me chuckle that they've got this soul guy playing a trumpet to generate atmosphere at their soulless ground. And then, you know, everyone's given it like Postacoglu for manager of the year because they've beaten Sheffield United at home. Like, well done, boys. <laughs> yeah. You know, and they're talking up their atmosphere there. And it's like, really? Okay. So you want to cut the games in now? You now you've got the best atmosphere of you. Yeah. Greatest hilarious. team ever greatest team ever i mean no i'm all for it let them believe because the the fall from up there the is so much more funny than the fall from here 
So yeah. go as high as you can, boys. Go all the way up. I, I will go for love it. watching you fall off from your high perch. Um, yes, let's talk about Lons then before we come up. Because I do want to do a little bit of Premier League chat this week because there was a few things that came up that I think are worth discussing from the weekend. Yes, but um, Which we've just alluded to there. But Lons tomorrow night, um, I'm really gutted because I was really desperate to go to this game but it has just come too too soon i was hoping it would be later on in the season the away fixture would be but that's life we travel to france tomorrow there's been a delay on the flight tonight i don't know why i can only imagine it's because of the weather or something along those lines back end of the storm well there has been thunder i'm not too far from luton and we had thunderstorm and uh just thunder no storm and it's been okay. raining all day plus the airports and the airport workers are all lazy bastards aren't they yeah, that doesn't help. Yeah. No. Um, but anyway, whatever whatever the reason, the flight's been delayed. And I think the club or the team haven't, excuse me, haven't left the country yet. So there is going to be a delay. I think they've had to cancel Arteta's press conference. Uh, doesn't help with the preparation, but we will go into a ground tomorrow, Danny, we were discussing before the podcast started. Um, it, it's a lovely ground. It's a proper old fashioned French ground. Um, the Estadio Bola Delelis. Put the teeth in. It's it's a lovely ground. It's about thirty eight thousand. So it, it reminds me a lot of Highbury that you just mentioned there. It's the, the pitch is very close to the supporters. It's a, it's a raucous crowd. They've released a, a brand new one off kit for the occasion. I think I believe it's twenty one years since Lens have been in the Champions League. Who did we have that that kit we only wore once? Who was that against? That was against Lens because we had a home red shirt and a yellow away shirt, and Lens wear red. Weird, and isn't it? They've that, they've copied us. Yeah, well, although they've released a new home shirt, which is gold, so it's kind of is always they're just cashing in, bless them, and I don't blame them. But their first appearance in the Champions League in 21 years, that atmosphere is going to be crackling tomorrow. They haven't had a good start to Ligue 1, but they did win at the weekend. They beat Strasbourg, Patrick Vieira, Strasbourg 1 0. Uh, Eli Wahi got his first goal in that game, and he's their big sort of new signing uh, up front, and he's a striker that will have to keep a close eye on although Saliba knows him well so that bodes well for him Gabriel knows him well actually for his time at Lille as well but what do you expect from that game because we were just talking about whether they play soccer etc it's an opportunity to go to France and not secure qualification this early but six wins out of six given that Lons and Sevilla drew the first game we could potentially be six points out of six and what would that make us potentially four points clear or three points clear at the top of that that league um or that group i should say what's what's your thoughts on it is it is it a question of go all out and win and then put man city to the back of our minds like arteta has been saying well it is a bit of a weird group because psv uh won seven out of seven in the eredivisie and the other two yeah. were like the the complete opposite sevilla were bottom or in the, the relegation zone of la liga longs were right near the bottom and still are what are they 18 are they 16th in the league or something uh, like that one place Lons. above the playoff 16th i believe yes yeah ah, they, 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 their win at the weekend took them slightly higher but they are having a bit of a struggle yeah, they yep. beat Strasbourg 1-0 uh, away and then they beat Long, um, beat Toulouse 1-0, a 2-1 um, at home. And they drew 1-1 away at Sevilla. And then uh, your mate's team, Mets, beat them 1-0 at their place. 15th, so they are, sorry, not 16th. Ah, OK. They're not a very good team. Um, good luck to them. Uh, out of all the teams in the group, I'd, there, I'd like to see them go through to the next round. Don't knock my drink over, you furry cunt. 
sake, there'd be coconut water all over the shop. Is that what I was uh, saying to Saka? Yeah, he had my coconut water scissored between his back legs as he was having a stretch. <laughs> you devious thing. I think we we're going to... Would it be wrong to expect us to smash them? Because I don't think they're a very good team. The French League is notoriously not that fantastically good for some of the teams outside of the 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 the, the top ones. I'd say I would have, would have included Lyon in that, but no, they're, they're not included in it anymore. <laughs> they're not having a good time, no. No, but you've got there's a handful of teams in, in the French League that would give us uh, a problem. PSG always, uh, Nice with their recent uh, constantly changing. What are we going to do? We're going to get all these free agents in. Now get rid of them all. And then Switching Monaco, up. yeah, Monaco, they're, they're doing really well. And Boobs, they're, they're second in the league. They're doing really well. And then, well, uh, St. Etienne were another one, but they've gone down. Marseille were having a nightmare. So this is one of the weakest league seasons in in, um, in Ligue 1 for quite a while, and I love it. I mean, I, I like Monaco because of Wenger and because of um, Henri and because of, uh, was it Remy Gard we got there? Petit. Or was, was Petit, Petit, there you go, the left-back Petit. So mm-hmm. uh, I expect us to go and smash them, but I, that's only because... They're, they're bottom of their league. You would think that. I wouldn't care. If we're playing a team from Germany and they're fourth from bottom, I'd say, well, we're going to go there and beat them. A Spanish team, much like Sevilla, are. So, yeah, it's nothing against French teams, but I think we should go there and we should do really well. But the only game we're going to struggle with in the group stage is going to be away at PSV because they're a little bit nuts in Holland at the moment. Um, See, isn't it funny? I was going to say, is, isn't it funny how two people can have such differing opinions in terms of like the? Because I actually, weirdly, I think that the, the away games with Lons and, and Sevilla are the two games that I look at and go, they're the tough ones because PS, PSV are very much a, a good side, or they were a very good side um, in Europe last year, and they had a lot more options, mainly Xavi Simmons. But I don't really fear PS, PSV away too much because I think the, I think they're our last game, aren't they, of the group? So at that point, I fully expect us to be qualified. So yep. I'm not really concerned. 12th of about December. That. There you go. But Sevilla away and Lons away, for me, they're, they're quite similar in terms of what I think we're going to expect. Just purely because Sevilla, we know their European pedigree. Yes, they're rotten in the league. Um, and they're rotten in general at the moment. How? What sort and of football on, will they play? Answer that after you finish saying what you're going to say. Otherwise, I'll forget to say it. No, that's right. Um, and as for Lons, yeah, th- you know, th- they aren't they aren't sort of high end European caliber opposition. But nobody in our group is. Let's be honest. And we should be. We are favourites for the group, and rightly so. Absolutely, we should be because we should get through it comfortably. But I don't expect us to go to Lons and smash them if I'm honest mm. um, I may be completely wrong but I wouldn't be surprised if we came out of that with a sort of a narrow 2-0 2-1, 2-0 I'll be happy maybe with even that a win. Um, yeah and, and if you gave me 1-0 on paper now I'd say yeah absolutely fine well, and, and don't happen. get it wrong atmosphere in a stadium hasn't ever won oh my good lord sorry Chelsea just that's hilarious um, they're losing already no, they were through on goal and Broge has just missed an open goal from about seven yards. Anyway, but uh, Chelsea going to Chelsea. But yeah, I, I I just think, I just feel that it's one of those games that if we take our eye off the ball and we look too far ahead to Man City, we could come a cropper. Um, and I think as Rudy's just put in the chat there, a dirty 1-0 away win will do it for me. I think it's one of those games we just need to get ourselves in there, get a result, 
and then get home and, and prepare for City on Sunday. But we cannot take them for granted. Like they've got, they've got a lot of weapons if they choose to unleash them, shall we say? And let's say Wahi is one of those strikers that he, he's kind of like the French Ollie Watkins. He's uh, he works hard, he's pacey, he gets in behind, and he will cause problems. So I, I'm not taking anything for granted in this particular game. And as for the football, is it the football they play or the football Sevilla play? The football that they play. Are they going to? Will they? Will they go? That's it. Everyone behind the ball, because uh, not only is it a matter of points, but you get paid money for your performance. You get money for a draw, money for a win, and there'll be maybe it's um, two hundred and fifty on football man, championship manager, football manager. You, you think it was seven hundred and fifty grand for a win and two hundred and fifty grand for a draw, and yeah. two hundred and fifty grand in the French league is uh, they will be very happy with that. Yeah, well, make, so are they no, going to shut up shop? I, th- I think they'll be. I think they'll be sensible. But Franquez, who's the manager of Lens, was being linked with some pretty decent jobs in in both the Premier League, Spain, and France over the summer. There was a lot of talk that he might be moved on. The weird thing about Lens and 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 uh, and uh, Franquez himself is he's almost the Arsene Wenger of Lens because he manages the women's team essentially, or he manages the day to day running of the women's team. He manages Lons as a, um, their main squad. He's the technical director there. He he's like the guy who picks the napkins. He does everything, and that's because uh, of the the esteem that they hold this guy in. Because how long has he such... been there? Oh, Christ! He's been there a number of years now. I think you might have to Google that because that one doesn't come off the top of my head. I think it's a good okay. five ten years now for memory. Uh, he's okay, been there a while, but he's um, but he he generally does play front flowing football and. And weirdly, that's what's caught Lons out this season because they haven't really had the cutting edge up front. They lost Fafana, who was one of their best players in, in the summer, to the Saudi regime. And they haven't really replaced him in midfield. And that's where they've struggled. But they are a footballing team. They, you know, they're a, they're a team that utilises wingers. They're a team that, that pushes forward at every opportunity. I, I may be wrong here. But I don't think they're going to sit back tomorrow. I don't think they'll be as generous as PSV were because they were really generous to us with space. But I don't. I think that the crowd will will demand a performance, first and foremost. That atmosphere will be, like I say, will be electric. And I don't think that they are going to be... I think they'll be a team that they'll press us high and they will, they will look to go for the throat when they get the opportunities. But, and this is the but, our quality should come through. Like we, we are... We, player for player we have better a better squad if they're going to come for us then that's 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 worrying for them because as we've seen against psv you try and do that mm. we're gonna we're gonna ruin you i mean spurs managed to get away with it i don't know how they managed to fluke that but if you play attacking football against the arsenal you're gonna end up in trouble but that that's the difference between a psv side that came and basically just rolled around you know rolled it over in front of us what Franquez will do, I think, is he'll set up probably in a five-four-one type of type of uh, lineup where he, he'll, but he'll probably play fullbacks pushed on. Uh, Machado is the left fullback, and they might even bring Thomason into right back possibly. But they'll they'll push the fullbacks on, but they'll only have one striker in in Wahi. So I I don't don't get it wrong. I'm not saying they're going to come out all guns blazing ten up front. I, I think they'll be cautious. But I think they will. I think they will try and test us. I really do. And, it, and the key for us is the first goal is really important because if you get the first goal 
and you you know you kill that atmosphere, the game changes completely. Um, speaking of killing atmospheres, Carl's here. So um, like his trains, Chu Woo, he's here. He's <laughs> only an hour late. Do you know what? Further away, everyone, I'm really sorry. Like genuinely, there is an emergency going on on the underground. I won't say what it is, but um, it was not not, not the chocolate there. machine is out again, is it? Fucking hell! No, so there was no milk. And obviously, oh. as everyone knows, I'm la- I'm lactose intolerant, so yeah. they didn't have they only had cow's milk and not almond milk. So obviously, it's bring all the trains to Tragedy. a halt. I I, I heard know. it um, was I heard it was a passenger by the name of A Fife causing disruptions. Trying to a dirty process on platform two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it should be. But yes, I am sorry, and I know you've probably spoken about loads and loads of things. I'll catch up. Um, well, you you. Let's bring you straight in, mate, because um, we, we, we've kind of done Bournemouth because it was, you know, fairly in and out. And if there's anything you want to well, add why on Bournemouth, you say Bournemouth, Bournemouth, this picture was a classic during the match. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> it's the classic we tattoo went. that I caught. Yeah. As a, I mean, as a chubby bloke, I'm allowed to laugh at this. They look so I was gonna say, pissed I, off. I'm not touching that because I'll get cancelled. But if you want to, yeah. then... I've already had a go at the women's team, so I'm not going they're, they're not. They're not happy, bless them. <laughs> No, no, uh, nor would I be. But <laughs> um, but yeah, if you've got anything to add on Bournemouth, feel free. Carl. We were just talking about loss and we were just talking about the uh, what we expect. And I was just saying to Danny that I expect Lons to be cautious, but also take the game to us a bit tomorrow and possibly try and test us early. And we were just talking about where the line comes between, not how seriously we take it, because obviously we're going to take it seriously, but how to what level we, we go into this game with Sunday in mind, because obviously everyone's looking at that and how important it is that we focus on one game at a time. I think Arteta only plays one way, and that's full gun-ho. I mean, any, if the fact that he didn't take Saka off until the 75th minute when we was 3-0 up and cruising at Bournemouth should tell you everything you need to know. Um, I, I don't see him playing a quote-unquote weakened team because I don't think he wants to do that. I think he will go with his strongest team uh, even with Sunday in mind no matter what because that's just the way Arteta is he doesn't know how to I guess take it easy and especially in the Champions League as well I think I, I probably would agree with him a little bit and I would definitely say that he needs to get the points on the ball first and then we can kind of take our foot off the gas in the Champions League Look, we're never going to win it of course we're not we know we're not going to win it um, however we don't want to not go through at least to the second round. So he will play. And I know Lance had a really bad start towards the beginning of the season. I think they've won two games in the bounce, if I'm right, Chris. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So they, I guess they're finding their form and finding their feet um, at the moment. So look, I, I, I'm not expecting an easy game. I mean, I'm not going to claim to know a lot about Lance, um, but I, I understand it's not going to be an easy game. It's not going to be a walk in the park. Definitely not. But, um, what I'm hoping is we do hopefully get um, some goals early and then he can, with the weekend in mind, start to I don't know, take off Saka and take off Declan and um, take off Jesus, you know, because I think Jesus played the first 90 minutes for the first time against Bournemouth. So obviously, yeah. you know, he's going to need the rest. He's just coming back. So hopefully we can rest some of our key players if if we get the win early. Yeah, yeah. In in terms of the group, because Danny and I were just talking about it, and we were just saying that from where we are right now, we having won our first game. If we if we go 
to Lance and win. I wouldn't say we're all but qualified, but we're not far off. It would basically basically then we'd need to either draw the two games with Sevilla or win one of them and draw one of them. We'd pretty much be home and hosed. That's the that's the benefit, isn't it? Like we we don't want to be caught in that situation that we've been caught in a few times before, where we should have qualified first and ended up qualifying second, and then we inevitably got Bayern Munich or God knows who else. That's got to be the focus, hasn't it, for Mikel? Like go out and and win this game against Lons. And I think I think it's severe at home next, isn't it, after that? So, yeah. realistically, you want to have nine points from nine, don't you? You want to be in control of that group. Yeah, you want to be, and you know, you want to top the group and be seeded for the next round. I know that may be, you know, looking very far ahead. But like you said, you don't, you want to be seeded. You don't want to play the likes of a Real or a Barca early or a Bayern. You know, you, you want to be, like, cemented first in that group and like you said Chris I think we need to put points and points on the board first and then like you said if you can go into that Sevilla game and I know Sevilla are not playing very well uh, at the moment at all so if you can go in that with confidence as well if you can go in there two wins out of two go there with confidence because Sevilla are definitely going to look at it and think oh well you know they're um they won two games in a row you know they're not uh, the Arsenal of old and even if you know, um, there is a little bit of a dent if we play Man City. Because I think it's, we've got to play Man City, then Chelsea, and then, Sev- no, Sevilla away. I lie. Sorry, Chris, it's not. It's, oh, it is, it is away. Man- is it? okay. Yeah, it's Man City home, Chelsea away, Sevilla away. Um, okay. So, you know, we've got Man City, the hard game, Chelsea, even. <laughs> we- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's it's a derby, isn't it? You, you just never yeah, know. Yeah, but we shouldn't be losing to Chelsea away. The the shit show that they are. Um, we shouldn't believe. I don't even know what the score is today. I think it just kicked off at name. It's Fulham, but it's it's nil nil, and they've missed an open goal, so started well. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so your um, those are two hard. You know, one hard game against Man City, and one derby game against um, Chelsea. So, um. You know, we've got quite a difficult one in maybe. Is the word. I don't know if the word is difficult because we should beat Chelsea. But, yeah, it's not going to be easy. And, like I said, Arsenal only knows to play... Well, Mikel Arteta only knows to play one way. And that's gun-ho. You can always guarantee that Saka's going to be starting every single one of those games. Um, I just think we just need confidence on points on the board. And once we get that, I think two wins out of two, hopefully not counting my chickens before they hatch, but... If we can do that, then that sets us on a good road to qualifying and also topping the group. Yeah, and then we can afford to like rest players, like you say. If we can get nine from nine from the first three, we're we're laughing. Are you are you going on Sunday? Yes, I will be there on Sunday. I managed to get a ticket. No thanks to Femi, rich bastard, but um, <laughs> I managed to secure a ticket on Sunday against Man City. Um, have we spoken about Man City yet? No, I was going to ask you what what your thoughts were. I know we don't really usually look ahead to games, but this one is a pretty big one. Is is it? Dare I even say, is it must win? Because it feels like the Arsenal supporting sort of online online supporters, anyway. At least from what I can see, we're almost looking over Lons already. We're going, oh God, you know, our, our season rests here. We haven't we haven't talked about the weekend's results. We're going to do that in a minute, but. Yeah, is is it is it must win? Is that a fair thing to say at this point of the season? I don't think it's must win. Like it's it's the ninth game of the season, eighth ninth game of the season. I don't think it's um, must win. 
Look, it's a, it's a game I think we... I'm about to contradict myself. It's a game I think, I, need, I think we need to win. And not just because of the season. I think just for the mindset. Man City have you know, beaten us, what, like 11 games out of God knows how many in the league. And we haven't beaten them in a very, very long time. And I think, um, I think just for, like I said, our mindset. We need to, the, the, yeah, we can't have this hoodoo of yeah. Man City beating us. Um, it's that old Trafford pre-Overmars thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's just, like, kind, of, it's just kind of like this... Oh, we're playing Man City. We're going to drop points there. I think I don't want that to happen. We need to have the belief that we're literally going. We can beat them, and I think once we believe that we can beat them, and once we do actually beat them, I think that will change our whole mindset. And I think also the league as well. If we won against Man City, the league would see us differently. Yeah. Teams would see us differently. They would start thinking, "Oh shit, they actually may be title contenders now." They actually are very good so I think it's just for our mindset that we need to win them if we lose to them you know I don't want to hear our oh, title challenges over blah 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 because there are many many teams who are going to lose to Man City I mean I think Femi said it in our group the other day um, they hadn't lost a game was it since like January la- a league game sorry was it like since January February last year or this yeah. year sorry sorry this year yeah. sorry and it's, that is amazing. Like, that is absolutely really, it is amazing. Um, but this but I, this is this is what happens when that career guy plays for the opposition. Did, yes. you, did you hear Pep's quote yes. on that? What how a that idiot not, that man is. How that's not come back to bite him yet, I do just a bit. It's just a bit know. of casual racism, Carl. It's, it's fine. Don't worry about I don't it. know, it's, because it's cool. you wouldn't say, oh, that black guy. You wouldn't say, oh, that white guy or that... Asian, I don't, yeah. yeah. Forget anyone else says that they they get in trouble, but you know it is what it is. But yeah, listen, and that should give us belief as well. Look what Wolves did to them. Like I think mm. Wolves attacked them, and I think yeah, Man City was, and they and they. I think they managed. I watched the um, whole game back on Saturday night because it was on um, Sky Sports whatever you call it, catch-up. And I watched the whole game and they managed um, Haaland really well. Like, they really... They didn't give him a space at all. You know, Haaland is one of those guys where one chance, one goal. That, that's just his game. He's, you know, we may not like to admit it, but he is extremely good. He's very, very good. But they managed him really, really well. They didn't necessarily cut off the supply to him. It was just a case of when he got the ball... He had no time, no space to do anything. And that frustrated him a lot. Mm. And I think maybe Mikel Arteta may look at that and then, you know, he will maybe adjust his game to it. Because I don't think he's ever played against a prime Saliba, to the best of my knowledge, has he? Mm, I think there was one, was there the one game back end of last season? I see, Actually, no, didn't he, did he miss that one after the injury? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he missed. Yeah, because so Rob Holding was the, playing against him, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he played against him in the, um, the empty yard. No, yeah, but um, in the uh, charity sh- charity shield, him community shield. Yeah, he played against Saliba, then didn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, true. Get, and then yeah. get a goal. So do you know yeah. what I mean? It's um, it's going to be a good game, and I just think I just want to break the hoodoo. I just want to. It's one of the ones where once we've broken it, I think you'll see a different Arsenal, and even the belief in the camp. Uh, will be really, really different. And I just hope that on Sunday that we do uh, manage to break this hoodoo and get a win against them, just to show that one, you know, they're not almighty or conquering. 
and we can obviously, you know, go out there and, and rub shoulders with the best team, arguably, in the world. Yeah. A couple yeah, of things. Know. Man City have yeah. lost one in the last 28 home Premier League games. That was, uh, they lost one 2-1 at home to Brentford on the 12th of November last year. That was Tony, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, other than, I mean, since then, they've won nearly every single game. And yeah. I've been, uh, been a bit distracted because I've been doing this. That's all of Saka's games for the last four seasons in consecutive <laughs> games. 87 <laughs> consecutive games. That's crazy, isn't it? At what point, I don't know if you spoke about this and I'm really sorry if you have. At what point does Saka need a rest? Because yeah. hindsight's a wonderful <laughs> thing, but if you can't rest Saka away to Bournemouth, when mm. can you rest him? Well, we we had this conversation, and we'll get away to longs. We, we well, we we were talking about we were talking about this very subject, and we were saying about how we 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 admire how much he wants to play. We admire his ethic. We love the fact that he's one of the you know one of our clearly our best players. But we also said he's twenty two, and you know Michael Owen had this as a youngster. Jack Wilshere is the example Danny used that it might be that later on in his career is when when the injuries come. And we were saying that, yeah, it's brilliant that he's so robust and that he can keep getting out there and, you know, recover and to keep taking the kicks, etc. But there is going to come a point where if he does get an injury, it's likely to be a big one. So where do you stand on it? Because, you know, we've had our say, where, where do you sit on that? I, I second his arrest. And I'm mm. not talking about not starting him and then bringing him on. I'm talking about he needs a full week off where he doesn't play any games. And you're like right. Jeff said last week, send him on holiday for a week. Yeah. And I yeah, think you Jeff are absolutely... sort the tickets. <laughs> <laughs> no, Femi will sort the tickets, he'll pay as well. We can exactly. use Femi's villa. <laughs> <laughs> Which one though? Danny? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but I think um, you're right, because I think the next injury Saka gets, I think it's going to be a big one. And I think it's going to be one where He's going to be out for a while, or we're going to feel it. And surely, surely, people within the Arsenal medical team must be telling Mikel he needs to rest, he needs to sit down. But Mikel's just beating this drum, or, or all the best players play 90 games. No, they don't. No, they don't. Like, I guarantee if you look back at Messi's record, or you look back at uh, Cristiano Ronaldo's record, or any of those players, some of those players don't play every single game. They get rested, though. Um, I'm glad Saka was nowhere near the League Cup and I'm sure if he was fit then <laughs> he probably would have played like I'm, I'm sure he would have um, but I just think that he needs to get a rest he needs to just sit a week out and I'm talking about like I said not just not starting him a game I'm talking about he's on the bench but yeah. literally you know the ones where emergencies only um, if we are 1-0 down and there's 20 minutes to go then you bring him on but if we're cruising one nil two nil he doesn't even touch the pitch and i think that's what we need because teams are just kicking him on purpose now and he's getting no protection from the referees which is kind of i don't want to cry like like i'm a liverpool <laughs> supporter and cry um mm -hmm. i just want to we'll come on to that <laughs> yeah i just feel like he need i'm not saying he needs special attention by the way and that's let me it's clear saka does not need special attention at all mm. he's just just call the fouls as they are like mm. when he gets kicked book that player like, mm. sorry to go back to last week, but um, how Udogi did not get a yellow card um, yeah. earlier than he did, for me, is amazing. Um, it's just 
crazy. He goes foul after foul after foul and nothing happened. And that's what teams are doing. Um, so, yeah, but hopefully he does get a rest soon because we've got a run of fixtures where hopefully Mikel Arteta, like we got Sheffield after we play um, Seville away, we've got Sheffield United at home. I'm yeah, sorry, that's... there is no way Saka should be playing Sheffield United at home. Like he should yeah. not be playing that game like in the slightest. And then we've got like um, Newcastle away, he'll play that. Seville at home, he'll play that. Burnley at home, he shouldn't be playing that. Brentford away, yeah, you need it for Brentford away. So there's a run of fixtures. And then we've got like Wolves and Luton, which I wouldn't yeah. want to see him play those games. So yeah, hopefully he does get a little bit of a rest because the Christmas run up and also the after January, because I'm sure we were talking about earlier, isn't our February like one of the worst Februarys you can ever think of? Like, I think February is a bitch. Yeah. Am I right like, in saying that um, isn't there an international break next week? Yes. Yeah, next week, the next one? Yeah, there's another so, last one before the new year. Because we're playing so Man City on the 8th and our next one is Chelsea on the 21st. Right, so, so, so it hope- is next week. Yeah, so I'm so hoping that like, in the eight in the eight minute, Saka goes down with a knee there, injury. There you go. I was just thinking, <laughs> you know, like, could, yeah, could you know, like all the Magna- yeah, full yeah. of Fergie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, full yeah, of Fergie. Like all the Magna- Magna- players and the uh, and the Liverpool players always seem to get injured. Who are England playing? Is it competitive games or is it friendlies? Are they Nations ever? League. Well, I mean, you know, I won't I won't comment on England, but <laughs> if it if it's Europe, if it's Conference League, if it's whatever it's called, Nations League, then who cares? But I have a feeling uh, it's a friendly it's... Australia. Oh, ju- just sake. a friendly. Yeah, right. Australia on the third Friday the thirteenth, and then we play Italy on the seventeenth of October. And that's competitive, isn't it, Italy? Yeah, so that's a, that's a Euro mm. qualifier. So Italy is a Euro qualifier, but the yeah. Friday the thirteenth is a friendly against Australia. Oh, the Australian one is a Eurovision qualifier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so he, I mean, even, even if he gets that off, that I'd be fine with that. But, you know, and ultimately it comes down to Southgate. There's no way they're going to pull him out. Like, they're not going to pull him out of a competitive game. But even if even if Southgate had that, you know, was told by us how to look, can you just give him the friendly off? Not like Scotland, oh, Christ, we're losing, get him on immediately because we need to win this friendly. You know, no one gives a shit about Australia. That, I doubt whether even England fans care about Australia. So just at least give him that that game off, and then play him in Italy if you have to. Like, you yeah, know. I mean, but this is Southgate. Southgate's a shit manager as well. Like, obviously, <laughs> oh, yeah, true. Um, do you know what I mean? He'll he'll play Saka. And like, obviously, a friendly is meant to test your players, but he'll still play Harry Kane because he wants Harry Kane to you know just extend yeah. that goal scoring. So wait until he gets a hat trick against Sam's Australia, then he'll take him off because he wants uh, to help him stat pad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, like yeah, he did against yeah. was it Scotland or the other one? Yeah, it was mm. Scotland. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were losing, and then off off the bench he comes. What's um just just away from Arsenal a bit? Um, I'll start with you on this one, Carl, because I feel like you're probably going to have similar views to me on this. What what did you make of that farce against um <laughs> t- title title winners in waiting Tottenham Hotspur? Uh, oh, they did they win? No, they won the title because. They've done a, a victory and parade. Beat, and they beat Sheffield United at home. And they beat nine men at the weekend. Sorry, th- they, they won with 13 men against nine at the weekend. Yeah. So, yeah. Definitely they've done a victory holders. parade. They've done a victory parade. And then they brought their kids onto the pitch. So I thought they oh, won. Oh, yeah, that as well. Yeah. I thought they won yeah. the title. Like, to I see that the FA have charged Liverpool tonight with um, um, bad behaviour. Because <laughs> <laughs> of the way they played. <laughs> 
talk Does about insult to injury, yeah. you know. Look, um, in all, okay, so I'm going to take my Tottenham hating hat off and I'm going to put on my football hat on now. Um, Ow. so, um, was um, Elliot's uh, a red card? Curtis Jones. Curtis, sorry, that's the one. Why do I think Elliot? I'm thinking Curtis Harvey, Jones. Harvey, you're thinking Harvey card? Elliot. Yeah. They're both a bit scroty, to be fair. I was fair. thinking Matt yeah. Elliot. Okay. <laughs> Throw back to 95, okay. yeah? Was it a red card? I would say yes. Oh. See, uh, I didn't. Unfortunately, I he went over the ball. I know Danny yeah, put up a steal of it, but... Okay. Let me stop so you went for the tack- so, go on, sorry. Did he go over the ball or did he slip over the ball? Because that, that way, for me, is the difference. He doesn't go over the ball Either way, tackle. he still went over the ball. So, I... Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't think he should have been... I don't think the referee should have been showing the still image. Exactly. Play play it in real time. So this is yeah. what happens. Ref, go to the monitor. Okay, this is what happens. I'll let you make the decision. Like, none of this slowing down. Oh, look at the impact. Look at the impact. Rewind it. Look at the impact. Because, of course, it's going to look worse. It's yeah. always going to look worse uh, in the still image and slowing down. It should have been shown in real time. So, okay. Um, whatever. Okay, that's done. Uh, the Jota one, the first Jota card, is an absolute fucking Yuck. joke. Mm-hmm. It obviously brings back shades of um, David Luiz versus Wolves. Yeah, uh, but that. obviously David Luiz got a red card for that. Uh, one of the worst refereeing these one of the worst refereeing decisions I've seen in my forty years on this earth. Like I just think it is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Um, the second one was a yellow card. Let's be very honest. So the second challenge. Yeah, yeah. Was a yellow card, but the first one, not in a month of Sundays, was that a yellow card? Not even a foul. Yeah. Okay. Just cool. coming together as they run across each other's yeah. paths. Yeah. Ridiculous. So, okay, mm. they get two red cards, whatever. The offside decision, I'm sorry, there is no way. So, everybody makes mistakes in life. Every single person makes mistakes in life. The reason why I was late for this call because someone in one day I made a mistake and I had to sort it out or so whatever. Um, when you have technology to stop you making those said mistakes, you have no excuses. I don't mind people making mistakes. Had that been 10 years ago, Chris, and that person made the mistake, we would not be talking about this right now. We would have been like, no. oh, it was on side, blah, blah, blah. And we would move on. Because that's what mm-hmm. we did. We just we spoke about it. It's a bad or sad decision. It is what it is. They've missed it. We move on. The yeah. fact that the re- these referees have technology to help them and assist them in making these errors not errors is for me a farce. It's a joke. So mm-hmm. I and the thing is, these are things that they do. Unfortunately, decide titles. They do matter these things and if it was one or two mistakes from the pgmo world i'd be like you know what yeah it's, it is what it is but it's mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake i mean mm. this is an arsenal podcast so i'm going to make this about arsenal that one against brentford last season where yeah they they saw the wrong player was offside how do you yeah. make sorry they didn't even draw the lines did they that's what it was no. How yeah, do you in a make title running, by the way. Your job, your job as a business assistant referee, your job is to draw the lines. That's, yeah. that's the reason why you're there. And you don't yeah. do that. For me, it's just a bit of a joke it's now. And, and I feel like 
So I, I tweeted this, and I think it's, it's corruption or it's incompetence. Mm. So you're telling me that this PGML organization has never been investigated. Mm. Now, I don't, listen, maybe I'm the conspiracy theorist and with my full tin hat on, and I don't know what they are. I have a solution, and maybe this is right. So for me, take the referees out of doing all the tech stuff. Yeah. You can hire a fucking 21-year-old whiz kid who is a dab hand with tech. And then the referee will go up to them and say, right, show me, draw the lines from that player there. And that, yep. that person could probably do it within 10 seconds. You know, three kicks in the mouth. You know you've got these whiz kids who know everything about computers. So the problem is the referees having to draw the lines themselves and they're probably panicking because they're thinking, shit, the time is running out. Get yeah. some kid who the decision of whether the player's offside or onside is not the... It's not the kid's decision or the person it's he's just there to draw the lines and do the tech he's just yeah. there to rewind and forward rewind forward do whatever so all the referee has to do is sit behind this person and be like right can you do me a favor still image right do it from that person that person's side he draws or they draw the line onside offside that takes yeah. out every bit of the refereeing having to do all the other work and trust yeah. me there are about there are thousands of kids out there or people who are tech wizards who could do that within 10 seconds. Yeah, just professional so, videographers or yeah, editors. Exactly. Or, yeah. So yeah. that's what you could do. So that would take out all the work from the referee. Mm. I, as much as I hate Liverpool and they, they have a right to feel aggrieved, that's as well as we have a right to feel aggrieved as well. Like And Brighton what, from last year as well, yeah. Brighton. I mean, there's so many Crystal Palace. Do you remember... Wolves, Newcastle. There are so many teams who have a grievance. Like um, Rudy Fulham, said, you know, Man City yeah. earlier on the season, yeah. You know, they apologise, but what's that going to do? It means nothing, like, it's does not, it? It's, it's, it? It means absolutely nothing at all. Like, so, we all know what happened. Um, apparently, the guy said check complete because he thought the guy awarded the goal. Not So, are you not watching the game? Well, that, that, that's what, that's what I was going to ask you because that's what it came across to me. In my in my mind, this is this is what I had envisioned of the guy in the VAR box. He was just sat there like that, just legs yep. up, can just like watching a movie, and then he suddenly went, "Oh fuck, uh, yeah, yeah, give the goal. It's fine, no problem." Like it it, it came across as like somebody just not even watching the game, like but, completely not even. And sorry to interrupt you here, but. The bit that's really got me is this line that they've peddled since where they, they've tried to justify it and they've tried to say that the rule is once the decision is given and the ball is back in play, they cannot go back and change. Have you ever heard anything so fucking ridiculous in all your they life? Could have, the just could blow the whistle. whistle. Just, straight away, straight just, away. Just, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, step, stop, stop. Don't even wait for the ball to go dead. Just ping the referee and go... Whatever the referee's name was, I can't remember his name. He's the fat one. Simon Hooper, um, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's shit. But just buzz him and go, Simon, just uh, can you just bring the boom? Yeah. You because know, what happens if somebody goes down with a head injury? Do they do they have to wait for the ball to go out of play then? No, they don't. They just stop the game. So just say, right, Simon, just stop the game a minute. We've we've made an error here, or something's come up here. Yes, Spurs would have been pissed off, which by the way, I'm fully, fully behind. But the fact is, it was a goal. There's no debate in this. There's no argument in this. It was a completely genuine goal. That changes that whole game. 
Liverpool are in front, they're in the ascendancy, they're in control, etc. and so on. That maybe then doesn't lead to the red card, that doesn't lead to the second red card, doesn't lead to any of the Spurs goals, etc. and so on. Knock-on effects. To say that they couldn't stop... Who, who would have been upset? If In fact, they might have come out with this with more credit if they had have gone, do you know what? We just had a message from VAR, like, apologies, the line should have been drawn, the monitor didn't get the feed, we have to take this decision back. Because... They Sorry, did it in Germany with a penalty, didn't they? Exactly. They made them come back out at half-time. And they did it with Brighton Man United, didn't they? Well, that went after half-time or after the final mm, whistle during yeah. the, the COVID. The, the thing is, at some point, and I know I know everyone's used this example, but it, it's true. At some point, there's going to be a situation where a team gets, gets disallowed a foul in a key area or a penalty. The referee gives nothing and the other team goes down the other end and scores. 100%. It's gonna, it's gonna happen at some point, and it'll probably just by pure luck of averages, it'll probably happen in a really important relegation or title-changing game, and then they are really going to be up the shitter. Not, not one person would have criticised other than Tottenham fans, but who cares? But not one person in the media would have come out and said, "This is disgrace! How dare them for stopping the game?" Because the right decision was made, and that was the whole reason we brought this technology in, wasn't it? To make sure that. 100% decisions were, were made. Like, I don't get it. Chris, are, are they... What are the referees like in France? Like, listen, I'm not... No one... I'm not saying all referees are perfect. I don't... Probably don't even want them to be perfect, but yeah. are the referees as bad as they are no. in France as they are in England? No way. I, I watched I watched a game last night between Rennes and, and Nantes, which is a, a Brittany derby, where, where was, there was one red card and I think for memory, seven yellows across both sides. And at one point of the game, Rudy Bouquet, who was the referee in charge, um, he's a very sort of stern-looking, old-fashioned approach referee. That's his style. He takes no shit. Mostafa Mohamed was sent off for Nantes because he thought he'd won a corner. The game was going against Nantes. They were 2-1 down at the time. Um, the referee, Bouquet, gave a goal kick because it was one of those where the players went shoulder to shoulder and he sort of barged him off and he thought he'd won the corner. Referee gives the goal kick. Mustafa Mohamed sprinted up like Man United of the, of the 90s style, got right up in Bouquet's face. Bouquet literally just turned his face away like that, almost classic French arrogance. Up went the yellow card. Mohamed leant in with his head and screamed in his face. Bouquet just stepped back, went straight red. Off you go, fuck off. No arguments, no discussions, get off. End of story. And that's the way that these, that's how you deal with these sort of situations. But to answer your question, it's not just French referees. You look at Serie A, look at the Bundesliga. Do you hear about VAR controversies in their games every week? So I've been no. watching more Bundesliga this season. I don't know why, maybe because it's on Sky. So I've just been watching it and taking it a bit of a keen interest. And I watched, oh, who the fuck did I watch? Um, Dortmund versus someone. And I was mainly watching for the referee as well, because I think we had... I think it was just after the Wolves, Man United Wolves game, when yeah. the referee didn't give the penalty. I was watching. I was watching the Dortmund game. I was watching it for the referee, and the referee, like I said, I think something was happening, and he literally called the two captains over and told everyone to go away. He was literally just fuck. Don't, well, don't the word for fuck off is in German, but uh, he was literally <laughs> just like go away, fuck off. Like he had a conversation with the two captains. And was like, bro, the two captains mm. went to talk to their team 
and the game totally changed after that. Like, he totally yeah. changed after that. And I was like, why the fuck let them do that here? Mm. Like, they should do that here. When a game's kind of, you know, there's niggly fouls and there's too many fouls, the referee should just literally stop the game, go to the two captains and say, I'm going to give you one minute. Go mm. and talk to your team and tell them this shit stops now. I'm not saying don't tackle, but this mm. is nonsense. And the next foul is going to be a booking. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And do that. And I just don't... Treat them like adults. Yeah. I, and listen, I'm not saying the referee's job is easy. You've got 22 highly charged men on the mm. pitch, pumped up, wanting to win a game. You've got the crowd as well. Like, I, I understand. Like, I'm not saying the referee's job is easy, because it's not. It really isn't easy. A referee's job is fucking hard. And even you, Chris, with Sunday League, like, mm. at least, like, in the in professional game, you've got that like, bit of protection in Sunday league, it must be even harder because you've got some men that just go and fucking hit you. Like, Chase no you out the like. car park, yeah. Yeah, like for stupidness. <laughs> so I'm not saying the referee's job is easy, but mm. if you've got technology to help you, you've got replays to help you, you've got like lines to draw, like you've got cameras, goal line technology, and a all of very that. big like, salary, let's not forget. Yeah, like these are, prof- professional, these are professional referees. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't understand how you can get so many things wrong. Like, um, for me, um, I know Liverpool have kind of um, said, oh, they're going to look into what they can do. They want the audio. That's the latest. They've asked for the audio recordings, which would be very interesting, as Danny and I were talking about earlier, if they get those. because I don't, I don't think they will. I, but, but they have a right to it, don't they? Because because they, as I said to Danny pre-pod, they've come out in the press, haven't they? And and they've done this show with Howard Webb and they've said, you know, they, here's the audio from the decision against Man United and Wolves. And they've proven that they have the audio. They've proven that everything's recorded. So for me, there is no excuse to not make that audio available for the Liverpool situation now. But when that, they that to me, these... would screen corruption if they refuse to... to but when they do that. these shows of Howard Webb's, they never, ever do the controversial... No, true. Uh incidents never because mm. i watched the one with michael owen the other day and i was waiting for um okay no tell a lie they did do the wolves sorry i'll tell a lie yeah and they said about that and they how would we become and say look it should have been a goal and blah 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 and maybe danny can find it danny there's a um a tweet from sky sports um where it shows all the referees apologies um mm. over the last i think two seasons and the the amount of things that they've got wrong and I listen like I said Chris you and I will make mistakes in our job but if we have technology and help to help us mm. I just don't understand them for, for me I just it, like I said it screams corruption or incompetence now if it's incompetence which it probably is incompetence yeah for me where where, where do we go where where is it that we go to beat this incompetence like you said, these are professional referees. They get paid to do this job. Now, if you're not doing your job properly, number one, why are you still getting paid? And yeah. two, what do we do? There needs to be an absolute overhaul of referees, like absolute overhaul, bringing fresh blood all sorts. Like I would say referees probably gotten worse since how Web's taken over. People may not yeah, agree, agree with me, but I think it has. I, I, I think it really has gotten worse. And, what do we do? Like, 
I don't know, we can still go down the route of, you know, we can look at the referees. Why are all the referees from up north? Why are all the referees white? Why are all the referees, like, um, don't support the teams? A, a fourth official, a black fourth official the other day. There is. Yes, yeah. I did. Um, I he, he refereed the, oh, he was a black fourth official for, um, was it Bournemouth, Nottingham Forest? Was yeah, I think he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's, um, what's happened to Sean Massey? Is it? I haven't seen her for a while. Is she? I, I, I haven't seen gone? her for an absolute while. Um, and why do we not have foreign referees? What the, the Premier League is? They, they keep banging on about how it's the best league in the world with the most money in the world. Why are we still paying? You know, Ecky Thump from Yorkshire every week. What? Why are we still paying them? Like, get the best. Go out to Italy. Go out to France. Go out to Spain. Get the best referees. Why? You know, if if uh, if the Geordie fella, if Clattenburg, not is it? It is Clattenburg. You know, he went out to referee in in Saudi, didn't he? And, and in Greece, and he's gone out to to referee in other other cultures. He's a, a, as a British referee. What? Why? Why can we not go out and get the best of of other European football? Because can you imagine some of these South the American refs in the Premier League. <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't have it at all. Like no, but it seems it's just a monopoly, and I. I it needs to change. Like I just, like I said, I, I I say maybe it's corruption. And in deep down, do I really think that it's corruption? No, I probably I, I don't think it's corruption. But no. I honestly do think it's incompetence, and I think it's really bad incompetence. And the fact that you make a mistake, you get taken off for a game, and they get put back on. Like where 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 is the punishment? Where is the? Or you. Or you get fired and then rehired within six months, as that other referee did. How yeah. far down the rabbit hole do we go? Because I was look. I've got your um, PGML apologies, Carl. But I tweeted this last night. I just did match fixing corruption, and the Guardian had uh, 136 articles on match fixing. And then I just started listing them before I ran out of space. 2023 MLS, 2018-19 La Liga two. 1718 Serie B Palma playing t- paying bribing teams so they got promotion and then they were allowed to keep their place in Serie A. 2016 the C- Cypriot League, 2014-15 again Serie B Catania, and then twice for Osasuna in 12-13 and 13-14. In there was 13-14 uh, in League Two and the Conference South. It was an ex Bolton player that was doing it, and then someone oh. who was playing. Uh, they said Australia for Egypt in 2010. And then uh, uh, an agent said he bribed teams to make sure that Honduras and Nigeria qualified for the 2010 World Cup and then Calciopoli for Juventus. And that was just, I could have done about 10 pages of tweets listing it all. And it's, a lot of it is Southeast Asian betting syndicate. So do we go down the, the line of, yeah. are, are people getting backhanders? Is there something shady going on? Because like you, like with Carl wanted to bring up these apologies, Carl, there it is on the screen. That's the, it's uh, Man United v Arsenal. Gabriel Martinelli's because... goal was disallowed by VAR after Martin Erdegaard was incorrectly deemed to have fouled Christian Eriksen in the build-up. Yeah, I remember that. And there's, well, just, yeah. there's just loads of them. When there's four yeah. there, there's another five there that's nine and another five there that's 14 and that only yeah. goes back to the beginning of 22 23 14 apologies from the pgmol do you, do you know that do you know the bit that i don't get as well just saying about just going back to that offside on saturday that really sticks with me i i was sat uh i was sat on my exercise bike watching that game right 
Um, yeah, and I was and I was watching the game, but I would, you know, I wasn't watching it like close up like I would an Arsenal game. You know, it was on. I was watching, but I wasn't like you know riveted by it or whatever. I could see Luis Diaz was onside. Like mm. I didn't even I didn't even give it a second thought. I was like, he's on there. And I thought that when the whistle blew, I thought they'd given it for a foul because it didn't even cross my mind that he was offside because it was just so obvious. When the referee, if they, if the referee, because he he wasn't called to the monitor, was he? It was just it was just in his ear. Yeah. I just don't I just don't understand how this is it one person or two people in stock. I can't remember one or two in stock people. There's two. So there's a VAR and then there's an AVAR. So there's two people it has to go through. So two people got it wrong. Yeah. So so two people. So so what that leads me to think then is those two people were having a chat and just not watching the game. That's the no, only um, explanation. This is why I'm saying take it out of the referee's hands. Like let some, like I said, some twenty-year-old whiskey uh, editor. Can't we do give it to work. Chat GPT and let them do it? <laughs> oh, that'd be coming. It wouldn't surprise me. That'll be coming uh, completely. Yeah. But I, I listen. Like I said to you, in the heart of hearts, I don't think it's corruption. But I guarantee, if you was to do an investigation, and surely the Daily Mail or the fucking Telegraph or News of the World or Sun on Sunday are doing some investigation or trying to do some trap. And it wouldn't surprise me <laughs> this season if uh, there's some sort of corruption within the PGMOL. And I just mm. think the problem is they have a monopoly of a refereeing because the FA and the uh, Premier League don't have any other body to go to. It's not like, you know, there's a tussle for, oh, let us referee games, let us do it. Like, there's just, there's just one body. Now, surely you must be thinking to yourself, mm. the FA must be thinking, guys, come on, like, you need to do better than this. And like Femi said, Femi said um, in the chat that um, Howard Webb is trying to, um, he's trying to change the old school system. And yeah, he probably is, but, refereeing has gotten worse since he's taken over. No one can't say it hasn't, because it has. The only thing that's happened, he's made his mistakes more transparent. So whereas, you know, the yeah. old school days where they would hide it, oh yeah, we made a mistake, we just let it go. It's now being more transparent of apologising and, and things like that. But what do apologies do? Like Liverpool are not going to get us three points back. Arsenal are not going to get that draw back from Brentford. And who knows what would have happened if we had won that game against Brentford. Momentum yeah. goes with you. Do you know what I mean? Like if we won that game against Man United, if we've gone 1-0 up. So whereas Liverpool have said, you know, we're going to investigate or explore our options, nothing's going to happen. So shut up. Like, stop making it about yourself. Like, it's not just you. You're not just the, you're just the latest team to be on the bad end of referee decisions. This is not about you, Liverpool. No, I just want to make yeah. that. Absolutely. No, no, it's I not know. about them. They're I do pricks. agree. Like, I hate yeah. feeling sorry for them, but I was amazed that Klopp didn't literally light the whole stadium on fire on. <laughs> well, he said it in it. He goes, it's funny for you, but for me, my bad balance just gets lighter. And I guarantee yeah, yeah. if he had reacted, of course they would have fined him. And uh, Oh, they'd have thrown the book at him, yeah. Yeah. And it would have so been I, one I, time where I'd have said he's fair enough to go off it. You know. Yeah, so I, I hear it. I, I, I get it why he didn't do it. So, And the thing is, Chris, what, what's annoying is that in a couple of weeks, we'll be talking about the latest refereeing mistake because it's going to happen again yeah. until... 
something yeah. gets done. And listen, you, me, and Danny are just three guys talking on a podcast, and we can come up with ideas of what we think should happen and whether they are implemented or not. We don't know, but yeah. you know, surely there's got to be some consensus where they say, okay, we've got to look at all the things that we can do and implement something. Yeah, like even if, like I said, like even if you just take the technology away from the referees and let someone else do it, and then all the VAR, all the video assistant referee has to do is make a decision, not about drawing yeah. lines, just make a decision. That is it. Like nothing else. Um, I agree. And that takes I agree pressure from. I agree um, with you. I think the only thing I'd add to that is I agree with you. I would employ professional VAR, like you say. There'd be enough people who'd want to do that job employ professional VAR technicians that are nothing to nothing to do with PGMOL. Nothing, if, if anything, employ them through the Premier League or employ them as a separate entity. Like Hawkeye is nothing to do with the Premier League, is it? It's its own entity. Mm. Employ them through Hawkeye or whatever and have them as an independent body who work on behalf of the Premier League, whatever. And the other thing I would I would also do is I'd put the power back in the on-field referee's hands because I think that's gone wrong as well. I'm not saying our referees are particularly good because I don't think they are, but too many times, you know, when we're seeing this, oh, you know, go and have a look at that for us. What's the point? Because you know they're going to fucking change their mind. Because as you say, if you replay that, and I know we disagree slightly on the Curtis Jones one, but it's a contact sport. Injuries happen, you know, um, clashes happen. And this whole endangering an opponent, I said to Danny off, off podcast, there's a, there's a difference between Roy Keane, Alfie Harland, that's I'm going to do my opponent. And there's a very big difference between that and having an, you know, having a endangering your opponent by trying to win the ball. Like it, there just is. If, if you, if you go onto a football pitch, just like if you cross the road from where, where you live now, you're in danger of being hit by a car. It's just facts. Like a slight, you look the wrong way or you walk out the wrong place, you get hit by a car. It's endangering an opponent. Is There's a difference between intent and just a, a missed time or a slip or whatever it may be. And if you put the referee, as you said, on on Saturday, um, I think I think I'm right in saying, didn't he booked him, didn't he? He booked Curtis Jones. And then he yeah, got sent to the monitor. Told, yeah. yeah. The booking was enough because, because that referee booked him on the basis that he was late, because he was, that the challenge was dangerous because it turned out to be dangerous but there was no intent there and I'm, I'm not I don't really buy into this he's not that kind of player but you could see he wasn't trying to do him you could see that and the only reason that he got sent off was because of that still that Danny put on the screen earlier on where the studs are above the ball and and I know I had a chat with a couple of people on Twitter and I was speaking to one guy about it and he was saying oh so if that happened to Saka you'd be fine with it would you and I'd be like yeah because you know, of course I'd be pissed off at the time because that's your your instinct. But that freeze frame on the screen there, that's the image that the referee sees and that's what he's acted on. He hasn't acted on the speed of the play and the, the you know, look at both the players are looking at the ball. Both of them, and this is, you know. And this is my issue. Whether you do a replay, play at full speed. I don't, this, um, yeah. the only time I think you should slow it down is for like handball incidents. Like yep. for sending off fouls, you've got to play it in real time because that's how the game is played in real time. The game is not played in slow speed. But for handball, yeah, I'm happy for you to play it, freeze frame it, zoom in, do whatever, because you need to make Wait. sure it's absolutely They can't correct. even get that right. 
look at Forest Brentford well, yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> can't even right. get the handball right. So I mean, yeah, it's just ridiculous. But yeah, look, referees are yeah. still going to be shit. They're always going to be shit. And I think you know, uh, I don't want to spend too much time in this. Wrap it up. But, no, we'll we'll you know, we'll. Yeah, it's we'll we're have gonna, this discussion at least twice more before the end of the season. Oh yeah, probably on Sunday. <laughs> I mean, at least, yeah, when, at least. At least Rodri's suspended, but there'll be some other twat who'll probably nibble away at us or do something. Or, oh, yeah, yeah, when Jack Grealish dives in the box, because, you know, Jack Grealish is the most fouled person in the world, and, you know, every yeah, time yeah. you touch Jack Grealish, it goes down. So, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I'm actually looking forward to the game. Um, uh, we got to win. We got, we got, well, we, yeah, we have to try and win. Hopefully, yeah. we will. But let's not overlook that game. We've got Lance tomorrow. Uh, yeah, Champions League in France. Chris, where do you think? Do you honestly think we're going to win, or do you think it's going to be a hard game? Or are we? Yeah, going to I, take, I do. I, I no. I Danny. Danny has the the theory that we should go there and smash them. And and don't get it wrong. I I hope we do. I don't think we will. I I think it will be a. I think it will be a very physical, tough evening. Um, the atmosphere over there is going to be is going to be electric. I think we need to quiet the crowd. I agree with you. I think the first goal is really important if we can get ahead early. Um, or score that first goal. I think that will it won't kill the crowd, but it will it will dampen the spirits a bit, and I think we'll have more control. Um, but yeah, if I had to put my head on the block, I think we come away with a a two two one or a three one, you know, two one up, and sort of last few minutes secure it with a third type of situation. But I I if I don't actually think there'll be that many goals, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we came away with it with a one nil or a you know a, a two nil or something. I, I don't think it'll be a swashbuckling performance um but i'm happy to take any sort of win um from that game personally uh who's man city got by the way are they are they got i don't know spongebob rovers on wednesday or something at the end he had or young boy is someone oh I'll be god like, yeah oh, I'll be like, okay oh it's a wait all right well that's that's, that's yeah to us. be fair they're, they're in decent nick leipzig this season and they'll be looking for they lost eight two didn't they last year was eight two I think it was. smashed they, them, didn't they? Yeah. yeah, they lost by quite. Harlan got like five or something, didn't he? So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if Leipzig put them through the mill in that game. So that's that's a little advantage to us potentially. I would suggest if uh, if City are there and um, seven nil you know, they lost at Man City. Seven nil. There you go. And Harlan got one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously, if Leipzig play, you know, like the the German fella or the Spanish fella or, you know, the Hungarian guy or whatever, then, you know, Pep might be in some problems. So, um, yeah, uh, I, yeah, we'll I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Is that Wednesday as well, City? Or are they tomorrow? Um, is on the 4th. So Wednesday. So we get an extra day off as well. So, you know, yeah. and, and these, I know they're marginal things, but they are marginal things. Man City have got to come to us as well. So, um, yeah, they've got to drive. Listen, it, it should be an exciting game, and hopefully, we give them a good game. And I guess all we hope for is uh, a, a, a we try a win and I think. a win and no injuries. That's what we want. Yeah, that's, that's what we want. want. Like, it doesn't matter how we're starting, you perform. To get, we're starting to get players back. Um, I see Thomas Partey's um, back in training, and I, I for one, we're going to wrap it up soon because we're going an hour and a half. Um, I can't wait to see a midfield. Uh, of Partey, Rice, and Odegaard, I that's the midfield I really want to see, and I think if we do get that midfield going and playing well. I think that would be a midfield that not a lot of people want to come up against. I'm, so, I'm gonna I'm gonna remember you said that when when on 
on Sunday parties at right back and uh no no this is this is what I'm saying like, I don't this is why this is why Gabriel sent to somewhere in like the yeah, Congo yeah. for the weekend or something this yeah. is why I specifically <laughs> said a midfield not him playing <laughs> right back I mean we can't is Zinchenko's there there's no way he's gonna he play can't. two he just can't he can't there's do that again no way he can't he's no. two inverted fullback so there's no way yeah we'll see if uh we i know they're good center backs but they're not that good <laughs> <laughs> no yeah. no they're really not no no we, we we have to stick with our formula it was it was a nice idea Mikel, at the time you know you've you've had your fun now we stick with what yeah. we're doing thanks <laughs> but ne- never play party right back again just quickly would you take party to france tomorrow or would you leave him at home and get him fit for sunday depends depends how he's, well, he's definitely not going to start on sunday no, I, would... I don't think he'll start tomorrow either, though. I think they'll no, take no, no, he shouldn't start, start. But if no. he comes off for the last 10, 20 minutes, he needs some obviously match fitness, doesn't he? Yeah, you that's need what to I'm test, thinking. you need to test that fire to see what it does. So, yeah, um, I would take him to France, um, yeah. wouldn't start. And if we can wrap up the game and he can come on for Declan Rice or, or whoever, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll see. But yeah, I, I would, and hopefully, you know, uh, he has enough minutes in him to get on the pitch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Danny, would you go with Jesus or as uh, I can't get this out of my head after listening to our blog this morning, Little Eddie? Um, would you would you put Little Eddie up front or would you, and, and yeah. this Jesus on the left thing again or would you go with Jesus? No, I, I wouldn't even play Jesus at all on the bench. If we need you, we'll bring you on. This is the kind of game that is Eddie's level, as we found with with um, with uh, Balogun. That uh, hmm. that league is his level. He's gonna he's gonna do quite well there. Hopefully they'll see um, Eddie will get a bag of hat trick, and then Monaco will go, oh, hello, and we'll have <laughs> <it too." laughs> they, they make another do that. forty million, another forty million, or PSG or someone, and he goes on to be the new uh, Ibrahimovic. But now I play yeah. Eddie up front, and I think you uh, Trossard was on was Trossard on the bench. He was definitely sat yeah, on the he, bench. yeah he yeah he was on the bench. He didn't get on. He's back fit. Yeah, I, I yeah, would so actually play, play Trossard as the as left. the false nine tomorrow. Personally, that's what I would do. He has the ability to, for someone who has the ability to play. Play the Martinelli, the Jesus, the Erdegaard, and the Saka roles. He doesn't really get to play many games, does he? Because <laughs> he can play in all those positions. But he needs to get other play. Yeah, I, I play him. I play him. I play Nelson, and I probably would play Saka in this game just because, you know, I would try and get him off as soon as possible. But that sounded wrong. But um, yeah, I would probably play Nelson as well. I, I, th- I'm, I thought Smith Rowe made a pretty good contribution on Saturday as well when he came on. Yeah, um, he was he was electric. He, he came on. I know yeah, it was sad he, he missed that chance, but that was the yeah, first was game gutted, he started it, yeah. in the league. In the league cup it was his first game he started in three hundred and fifty five days. I think nuts, Tom tweeted. But but fair what play, he took his, but he took his chance in that game, and then it was him that came off the bench at the weekend. Whereas three weeks ago he wasn't even getting off the bench, was he? So. You know, I'd like to see what would happen. I wouldn't actually be surprised if we started Havertz as the nine tomorrow, and um, and play. Well, now he's on goal scoring form. Well, <laughs> well, no, I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking away from home. You know, a bit of physicality up front. That would that would then allow you to bring Trossard in for Martinelli on that left side. You could then stick with Saka on the right, Erdegaard in the in the ten, and then you could play Rice and arguably Fabio Vieira. In the in the holding positions, so I wouldn't be surprised. That, I th- I think Eddie probably will play, but yeah, like you, I wouldn't be shocked if Jesus didn't didn't play. But 
I don't know. It's, it's a tough one, isn't it? With with Mikel at the moment, who the hell knows? I mean, he's yeah. he's doing his own thing um, in terms of selection. But I mean, party for his national side plays as a as a kind of attacking midfielder, doesn't he? Yeah, he's yeah, their best yeah, player, so you never know. It might get a game there. It's always been a myth that Partey is a defensive midfielder because he's absolutely not that at all. But uh, See, I saw a tweet that said they want, like you were saying, you want those three playing together, and they had Partey playing in the DM. That's not where Partey will play. Partey will play in the Jacker role. Yeah, Rice will play in the D- against City. Yeah. Rice and I think Rice will play the deepest. Mm-hmm. Partey will be slightly deeper, and then Erdegaard will play alongside Partey, but slightly in a more free, or you know, deeper free reign. Um, but I think somebody put in the chat. I'm just trying to find it now. Um, I can't find it. Somebody said, I'll have to scroll up, but they were saying I'd absolutely love to beat City. And I genuinely think, you know, as much as tomorrow's game is important, beating City would be a massive, massive... Oh, it's Pete. Yeah, there you go. Pete's on on my, my thought process there. I think it would just be a massive... Because that result at Wolves proves they're human. Um, and I'm sure, like everybody else in the chat, and like you two, when they equalised on Saturday, I went, well, they'll win 4-1 now. That's that. And I thought Wolves had their chance. They won the up. They threw it away. And then for Wolves to go on and win that, and for Man United to shit the bed on the same day, I mean, we were a Liverpool away from a hat-trick. I mean, that would have been perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect mm-hmm. day for us. But um, and, I, and I think, arguably, Liverpool are probably going to be one of the biggest challenges this season. They, they, they're they under the radar, Liverpool, at the moment. I um, think so. They're almost like we were last year yeah, yeah. but but the so weird so. thing with them at the moment to me is it feels like they are Liverpool feel like a club at the moment that have got nothing to lose uh, you know they're, they're able to rotate in the Europa League but they feel like a club that's sort of getting results without really anyone noticing them and that always worries me with a club of that, that stature so um, you know we, we'd like to put them really and they've got some really nice fixtures coming up as well. The next yeah, they have yeah four or five fixtures. Um, so yeah, they get on a run. Yeah, so yeah. Um, but ultimately, we know that this isn't the time of the season that City go. If anything, playing City now is ideal for us um, because it probably would have been better, weirdly, if we'd have played them away first. Because we I know that, that as well. Post Christmas, we know that they're just going to win. You know, fourteen on the on the bounce. Yeah, yeah so. That's why I think there would be a massive swing in our favour if we can, if we can win on Sunday. Not only would we go above them and actually be a point above them, but I think we'd also open up, you know, the likes of Liverpool and, I mean, Spurs obviously that you know they all think they're going to win the league. The stupid idiots, but it it will prove to other clubs that that someone can can get at them that they can beat them. So. Chris, yeah, what, you, what are you on about, Chris? They all Spurs have already won the league. They've done the victory parade on Saturday. Oh, yeah, I keep forgetting. Is the DVD out yet? I don't know if that's out. It, it'll be coming. Can't say that. Can't say DVD no. when talking about Spurs. Oh, can't you? Oh, no, uh, it's racist, isn't it? Sorry. Yeah. Uh, is the mini disc out yet? Is, is uh, the MP3 out? It's VHS. <laughs> Still VHS. The Betamax. That was the, well, to be fair, Betamax was the last time Spurs won anything, I think. So, you know, that, oh, that seems fair. Even that's, even that's been optimistic. <laughs> Just a bit. Bless him. Oh, that guy playing the trumpet. Fucking hell. Anyway, um, do we have any questions, Danny, before we uh, hightail yes. out? Of yeah, it? we have a couple. We have um, Phil Macker says, so does VAR need to be paused until we get people we can trust to update it? No, they, they'll never... We... 
Yeah, they, I don't think they ever will. But we, there needs to be some sort of change. Whether that mm. change happens mid-season or at the end of the season will, will remain to be seen. But I think they're. I read somewhere that they're contracted to for it to be as it as it is until the end of the season, regardless. So I think, yeah, I think it has so, to stay. I don't know if you spoke about this before, but there, you know, the automated offside that happened in the World Cup. Oh so yeah, yeah, yeah. They're bringing that in, but apparently the Premier League clubs voted against it. Yeah, I have God. no idea why, but I think it's now going it's to be fucking implemented. Trust them, that's why. <laughs> yeah, but I think now it's going to be implemented like no matter what. Like it's, uh, when it happens, I don't know, but they definitely are going to implement that um, automated offside. So, what if that could happen, go wrong? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I think there's still human thing in it, but yeah, what could go wrong? But we'll see. Mm. I was listening just, to Radio just... 5 the other day and they had some people on. One was a Charlton season ticket holder and Ooh, uh, she did she did a podcast and she could barely string two words together. I thought, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> and they were all saying, I think the other one was a, uh, a, low, a lower league one, maybe Chester or something. And they were both saying, we don't like Premier League football. VAR is ruining the game. We like it the old-fashioned way. And the boat yeah. went, yeah, because when you score, we celebrate. And I thought, that is exactly. so true. Yeah. Just get rid yeah. of it. They even... Didn't they even check Ben White's goal on Sunday? Like, yeah. what? <laughs> this is the fucking no cleanest header you've ever seen. Like, I just, yeah, it, it has definitely sat the energy out. Because every every time, um, don't gamble, kids, it's a mugs game. But I put a couple of quid on games at the weekends, like accumulators, like everybody else of an adult age. And whenever you see, like, the Bet365 app or whatever, and, you know, it flashes up, like, on your accumulator or so-and-so scored, I don't ever go, oh, well, that's the goal. <laughs> that Just come back. I sit there and I stare at it and I go, right, what are they going to disallow it for? And sometimes it's two or three minutes. It's like goal disallowed. You're, for fuck's sake. So, no, I mean, it. yeah, I, I don't I, – I agree. I, um, I do feel like we're a bit hypocritical to the degree that if we had it the old way – I don't know, because if we had it the old way, we'd be moaning right but we're moaning now so what's the difference well, come in because yeah. the referees would be accountable to technology but they're not yeah well they yeah they don't even yeah. apologize they don't and then liverpool complain they've been mugged off and then they go and give them a bloody parking ticket for their their antics <laughs> you couldn't make it up could you? it's just absolutely you ridiculous. make it up yeah another question yeah. from and lots of numbers any thoughts on rumors of esr wanting out loan or sale it'd be mad to wouldn't he carl yeah, he's, he's not going anywhere. I think, listen, he's a young guy who wants to play football and you can't blame him for that. He just wants to play football. Yeah. Um, I think Mikel Harteta has his core people who he he trusts and he only wants to play with. Um, and I guess, I think what Mikel Harteta said about him, he needs to stay fit. He has to try and stay fit. Now, you can't help getting injured. It's just one of those things. Um, but I think Mikel Arteta wants to see that he can stay fit and try and break into that first team. Look, he's going to be up against um, a £60 million Kai Havertz. Uh, you're hoping that he's going to be up against him to play. And also Martin Odegaard. So when Martin Odegaard gets injured or needs a rest, who replaces Odegaard? Is it Vieira or is it going to be um, ESR? Like it's going to be one of those two, so he's just got to wait for his chance. And we both know, all three of us know, it's a long season. We're only in October. It's a long, grunt, hard season, and there's going to be games that we need to play. So he's going to get game time. 
Um, it's just when. But I don't blame him for wanting to leave. And I don't believe those rumours. I don't think he wants to leave anyway. But you sum that out perfectly. You'd be mad if he did. Hmm. Um, question, Carl. I'm Chris. Hi. <coughs> from Avon. My... I just... What? I was just going to say oh, my two breaks for that, by the way, is... Oh, I, go on, I just, go on. oh sorry. I was... I was just going to say my two pence worth on that just really quickly was I, I hope he gets more games now because I feel like he's I, f- I feel like he's knocking on the door now and I just I just hope that it, it clicks for him because I wouldn't want to see him leave that was all mm. yeah he's uh, he'll come he'll come good and he'll show what he can do and then Arteta will see that and he will get games because like I said it's a long old season especially when you get into the Champions League final and the FA Cup final uh, Chris Avon not Teddington says there's a lot of talk of getting Ivan Tony in January. It may cost as much as eighty million pounds, and we might need to sell someone to get it done. So, would you sell Aaron Ramsdale to fund a move for Tony? Don't start the Ramsdale being sold. Femi did that on me a couple of shows ago, and I nearly, <laughs> nearly <laughs> absolute nonsense. And um, I know what you're going to say, Chris. But go on. What do you think about getting old man Tony? Because that's exactly <laughs> the kind of player that Arteta loves, isn't it? A rogue. No, no. It's a, it's everything Arteta. <laughs> I, I would. I I said last week. I know Josh isn't a big fan, but I said last week that I would go with Tony if I could. I think eighty million is a bit steep. I think sixty million is a bit steep. I actually think whoever gets him will pay somewhere in the forty to forty-five when all when it all shakes out. Maybe some add-ons and all that jazz, but. I don't think he'll go for that high-end wage or high-end fee. Um, it's got, it's, well, that's that's the danger, isn't it? It's got whiffs of um, Louis uh, Louis Sahar, hasn't it? Of you know, like oh, he's always been an Arsenal fan and always wanted to join us, and it just never happens. So I wouldn't be surprised if he never does. But um, as for the Ramsdale thing, yeah, I mean, I, the only the only thing I would say, and I know. Avon's taken a bit of flack for that that thought process, but I see where he's coming from. It's only a question. Yeah, and I, and I I do tend to agree with Avon a bit here because he is an England international and he does hold value. Don't get me wrong; I don't think he goes anywhere this season. I think it would be an end of the season situation. But there's no way they are going to keep Raya and Ramsdale long term. No. One of them is going to go. Like they just are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised when you look at the top goalkeepers in, when you look at the top clubs in England, how many of them have got a top goalkeeper now? There's not many. Um, you know, Edison is arguably up there with the best, as is Allison. But Man United have, are still oh, yeah, Man you know, United scratching got, uh, around. No. no, no, they really haven't. Uh, they certainly haven't got the Inter version of Onana. Um, Chelsea Jesus. have got it's Brighton's terrible. reject. Spurs think they've got a world-class goalkeeper when in reality he's just a flap away from being Loris part two. Um, he still I mean, can't get a club. He's still training with Spurs, but he's not a Spurs player. No, he's not a Spurs player. There's there's a few. So, yeah, there, there would be a market for, for Aaron. And, um, yeah, I, I don't, as I say, that's not me saying I want him to go. I don't. I, I, part of me sort of feels feels bad for him. It, it does, but but I also still acknowledge the fact that Raya is probably the better goalkeeper. It's a real, it's a real like that, isn't it? Well, it could you just know? be a year or so, and then uh, Ramsdale could learn from Raya and then sell Raya on. Well, I mean that, but yeah, that could happen. Or 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 the other the other fly in the ointment is is Raya's on loan, isn't he? And although we've got a deal in place to sign him, if a bigger club usurped us and paid over the odds, then our Brentford 
is it is it an obligation to buy in the deal? I don't know. I don't think I, it's an obligation, but I think it's a case of if you want him, you yours will, type of situation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if that's the case. But look, you know, as I say, football is a cutthroat sport. Sometimes we all have our favourites. I think we all of us on this podcast and pretty much every Arsenal fan you talk to loves Aaron Ramsdale, proved a lot of people wrong. He's a, clearly a really good guy and a very good professional. Um, but, yeah, you have to be ruthless at this at this stage. And just like we let Shaka go, same thing. You know, sometimes you just have to move on um, to improve your but squad. This is, and although we all get some rice, did we? So... No, but this is why I think Arteta will be ruthless with his strikers as well because I can see it coming. I think as much as we love Eddie, he's not good enough. We know he's not. Um, Jesus is not mm. going to give you 25 goals a season as much as we want him to. Um, no. Ivan Tony is a different option. You know, mm. it's all well and good having two small strikers, but when you've got someone you can be a target man, imagine him knocking down. Ball, like him getting the ball and just holding it up for like Odegaard to smash one Coming in or it. Yeah, laying yeah. it off to Saka like it would just be such a different dynamic it would yeah. be um, great but it's not going to happen and Ollie Watkins the first Aston Villa player to get two hat-tricks in the, in the top flight season since Andy Gray in the 70s and, and that's brilliant prone, but I worry great... Watkins is just too much like what we've got and again yeah. he's a bit of a streaky striker he got a touch of the Walcott's about him too, too nice bit. A little bit, and and also, you know, he goes on these these strong strong runs, and then he disappears for six months. Like, t- Tony is Tony's just that that bit different, and he's got a personality, um, not just in the betting shop, but <laughs> he he has that bit of. I think I said it on last week's pod. He, you know, he's a bit of an asshole, and I quite like that. You know, he he reminds me of like a fit, mobile John Hartson type of, and he believes striker, in like, himself as well, like Zlatan yeah. would do. He, he thinks he's the best, and he is pretty damn decent. But there's a bit of Callum Wilson about him as well, isn't there? Like, not really fashionable, but has just carved out a really, really good career for himself. Like, he's never going to get into any world eleven. But you know, this is a guy. Was he? Was it Wigan? He came from originally, like a few years back. I mean, you know, he was a nobody. And, I yeah, yeah, I think he was a Peter in his early career. Wasn't, Bosch. He, wasn't he at Wigan as well? I may be wrong on that, know. but yeah. But um, he was in the lower leagues. Let's put it that way. And yeah, I just think. Certain teams just fit strikers, like like J- seeing Jamie Vardy smashing one in for Leicester at the weekend and and giving it the whole you know look at the, name <laughs> of the back of my shirt. I'm just like he's he's such an absolute bell end. But if he was if I was a Leicester fan, I'd love it. You know, it, Jamie Vardy is like the modern day Ian Wright, isn't he? Like Northampton, you know, he was on Wigan at home. Was it? Hell, he was started his career at Northampton, then Newcastle. Played two yeah. games and Barnsley, Barnsley loan, Shrewsbury loan, Scunthorpe loan, Wigan loan, Scunthorpe loan. It was it Wigan? Mighty yeah. posh. Yeah. And then Brent, done, one game he's, for England. He's, he's done the rounds. And again, part of me likes that in a striker. He's, he, you know, he's done the graft. He's done the hard yards. He hasn't just come out of the, the Arsenal Academy or whatever. He's, you know, all the, the Man City loan market. He's, he's done the rounds. He's, he's worked his way up again, like a Vardy character. So I, yeah, I don't know. I just think if the price is right, but like you, Carl, I, I think Chelsea, Spurs, arguably, I think there'll be other clubs that'll be sniffing. So I think Spurs um, will, because Spurs haven't spent that um, yeah, OK true. money. Yeah, and yeah. they need a striker because that um, pitching head full ain't getting goals. So, <laughs> no. um, 
Yeah. Brennan Johnson's I'm, injured now, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so I'd be, I wouldn't be. would be surprised if they go in for him. The only other interesting name, just while we're on the subject, was, like Rudy's put in the chat, there's a lot of talk about Pedro Neto again at Wolves. We were linked with him, weren't we, last season before he got that injury. And again, Did he score against um, I think City? he's a very hard... Yeah, well, he's yeah, given he us an own goal good. from Diaz, but he, he's and he's electric. As but he, for me, is your he's your Saka, um, not replacement. He's your Saka competition. If he's not your striker that you go for, but he 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 definitely is starting. He's to only twenty three. He is, and he's finding the form because he. I think it was an Achilles injury or something. He kept him out for like six months, but he's finding the form that he had before the injury again now. And he's definitely one that, that will be, he'll go for money. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up at Man City, actually. He's that type of player. If they move on Bernardo Silva in the summer, I could see him coming in there. But yeah, um, is, definitely. Did they beat him in the summer on my, my bugging? I don't think we ever did. I think there was talk no, of it, but I don't Man think City. we ever did. Oh, Man City. Yeah, Man C- no, they got Matthias Nunes, the other Wolves guy. Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I they do look alike. Who was the one they got from Chelsea? Is it Kovacic, the defensive yeah. midfielder? He yeah. shit a bed, didn't he? <laughs> <That's> a... <laughs> well, he's probably going to play on Sunday, isn't he, in, in that Rodri role. So, you know, at least we know what we're coming up against. Um, I, I think Guardiola's going to do something very Pepesque on Sunday. I think oh, he's going to do something. Where he plays, plays about a goalkeeper. He'll just play Edison up front or something. I, I just think yeah. he's going to do something completely I had a feeling wild. as well. And I, I, I was talking at work today and I was trying to guess what he would do. And yeah. I was saying, I don't know if he's going to go like man for man, if he's going to, right, fuck it. We are just, we are just going to attack Arsenal. And yeah. if we lose, we lose. And if we win, all good. But I'd, yeah, he's going to come up with something and they're going to call it the greatest tactician since. Yeah. Tactics were ever invented, like because it's not just Rodri, is it? It's, it's Kevin De Bruyne missing as well. Like you've taken the two most important parts of that team out, and Gundogan as well. Yeah, so that's yeah, a massive so loss. Yeah, so I mean, I one thing's for sure, it won't be Calvin Phillips. So, <laughs> what, what what a career for that young man! I looked at please. I looked at Wolves' second goal that they conceded, um, um, second goal that they scored. Yeah, and Calvin Phillips that literally just looks at the goal, like he looks at the ball, can't move, can he? And he just yeah, he just couldn't get there. He's just like, oh, and he's just like, oh, I can't even bother. Yeah, yeah, that's he, a, he, that's a move and a half that's failed. He has, yeah, he has. He's the classic. He'll always play for England, but he'll never play for Man City. Signing, isn't he? So, yeah, and it's a shame actually because he is quite a good player. I think. But, yes, um, he'll, he'll his career will wander off to Everton to die in January. I expect somewhere like that. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> anyway, any more questions, Danny, or is that our lot? That seems to be it. No one's noticed. I've got my T-shirt on back to front. I certainly did. I, I was going to say something, but I didn't want to embarrass you, Danny. I didn't even notice, so shows how much I know. Um, I just don't care. Are we doing a pod after on uh, Wednesday? I was just going to say that. Oh, uh, Thursday, I think we're doing one, aren't we? That was the... Uh, that was going to be the plan. day after, though, it wasn't it? Or Wednesday or Thursday. I don't think it really matters. Oh, sorry. Yeah, we're playing tomorrow. Shit, yes. Um, yeah, we could do Wednesday. Yeah, we could we could do Wednesday if you want to do Wednesday. Um, it won't be a long one It would because it will just be about... That's what she said. It will just be Lons. But, um, yeah, we can do Wednesday if, if you're free on Wednesday. Who's actually... Before I commit to this... <laughs> before, before I commit to this... 
let me just double check something. Um, Wednesday's <laughs> games are. Oh, here we seven. go. What's he going to miss? Newcastle PSG. Ooh. All right. It's going to we'll be do... Thursday. It's going to be no, Thursday. No, no. We'll, we'll, we'll do Wednesday, but we need to be sharp. All right. We need to be seven kickoff and we need to be done by eight. All right. That's the deal. Yeah. <laughs> so... Well, you're the one who never shuts up. I know, that's it. So it will literally be, hello, good evening, I'm your host, Chris, Arsenal 7, Lons nil. thank you, and good night. That'll be it, that'll be the podcast. Uh, but no, we, we will, all jokes aside, I don't mind missing 10, 15 minutes like game if needs be, but we'll, we will aim to uh, do something for you on Wednesday then, yeah. Uh, I've got the I got the French pod early on in the evening, but I'm free after that, so. Yeah. Mbappe we'll... versus Dan Byrne, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> it should be, it should be, well, if, if Mbappe's fit, I mean, he did play at the weekend and he looked pretty sharp, so, but, uh, yeah, PSG drew nil-nil. They were saving their goals for Newcastle. Hopefully. Are they like fourth now? Fifth, fifth at the moment, Thank yeah. You know. Yeah, it's all part of the, uh, it's all part of the process. I mean, we all know they'll be top in about six months' time, so I wouldn't worry about that, but. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. They are starting to become likable, dare I, and dare I say it, I think more people would like to see them win than Newcastle. So, you know. Anyway, that's for the Newcastle podcast. But uh, yeah, we'll be back. Um, don't know who it's going to be on Wednesday. Uh, might just be me and Danny talking crap again. Yeah. Who knows? But right, we'll you get Femi or you can leave the West Wing and go over to the um, Southeast Quadrant. Yeah, or or you could just do it like on the fly, like get one of his minions to bring him. Like move the mic in front of his face and just yeah, could do that, couldn't we? Ah oh, dear. Anyway, Danny, thank you for uh popping on and um you know, holding the fort for that what was it, an hour we just sat and chatted, wasn't it? I I don't know. I've uh I'm dealing with six cats, I've lost the will to live and I've got my t shirt on back to front and Sean's <laughs> back later tonight. She's gonna be a moody cow. What a time and to it- be alive. And it's my birthday next Tuesday, so that's a good job we've got an international break. We have to do the pod next Monday, not Tuesday. That's fine. Right, where are you going? Well, Tuesday's my birthday. I shall go Yeah, out where, you where, where, where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you going? You're not going outside again, are you? No, you, you've had your time outside for this year. Like, you Femi's invited me to his, his, his villa in um, Tenerife. Have you, have you seen what Femi's just put in the chat? He's going to watch Lord of the Rings on Wednesday. What is this, Femi? 2002? Like, what do you mean you're going to watch Lord of the fucking Rings? You do it. The ball bloke is the one with the ring. I don't the want to ruin it. What the fuck is he doing, man? Good Lord above. Anyway. Well, whoever could be bothered to turn up on Wednesday will be uh, here. Uh, and yes, we will pod again next Monday. No problem. Um, right, Danny, you go change your T-shirt. Uh, Carl, hopefully uh, everything is settled down and you can have a a bit of your evening back to yourself. Um, but yes, we will be back on uh, on Wednesday. So look forward to that. And we will discuss the Lons game. And uh, if, well, I think we've kind of previewed City already, but we'll have a little chat about Lons anyway. So look forward to that. Um, thank you very much to all the people in the chat as well. You lot are bloody legends. Always the same names every week. We love you all very, very much. And we definitely don't pay you to be here. So we appreciate that. Uh, Danny? Thank you very much for your time and devotion and all that good stuff. It has been an absolute pleasure. I'm now going to go and cook dinner, and I think I'm going to have uh, Marks and Sparks's finest um, fish cakes. They've got some goo in the middle I... and some potatoes. Carl, thanks for being here. If you can follow that, try it. I, I can't. can't. I, I can't. am going to have a shower, uh, get a 
bottle of water and go to bed as I have work at 0600 tomorrow morning. Ugh, gross. I have work at 0900 and that's early enough for me. Uh, so uh, all that remains to be said is, yes, thank you all for listening. And don't forget, people, it's October. So check your tits. All right. Thank you for watching. We'll see you after Lons. Good night. Say it, Carl. Oh, hashtag fuck Ellis. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Get down, dog. Splendid business. He nearly caught the bloody thing. What are you talking about? <laughs> so I was just eating a full quiche. Well, you don't often see him at it. So when you see him in the supermarket, they need to be swagged, microwaved immediately and get the brown sauce on one. Bosh, Bob's your uncle. Never in doubt.